Tune in to the Neil Prendeville Show weekdays from 9 a.m. on Cork's Red FM. And it's all about the vaccine this morning, the day that many people have been waiting for, the announcement made yesterday. This vaccine apparently is 90% effective. Now you'd be saying, why isn't it 100% effective or 99% effective? I don't know. But what I've been reading about it is that 90% effectiveness is actually quite high for a vaccine, they say. So the red tops, one small jab for man, one giant leap for mankind. Never heard that before or something similar to it. Uh, the male has it as well. More One small jab for man, dot, dot, dot. And they're hailing a giant leap for humanity because of the vaccine success. And they're going to roll it out and it could start in months. Um, meanwhile, uh, the, I'll come back to, you know, the, the aspect of it here, here in Ireland in the weeks and months to come. But our little bottle of hope is a photograph of the actual vaccine on the front of this morning's mirror. A great day in the COVID fight. Um, there's still a lot of precaution and obviously there's still a lot of guidelines that need to be followed but this is a Pfizer this is a Pfizer vaccine in association with a husband and wife couple who started a company called BioNTech and they're the people who originally developed the vaccine and then teamed up with Pfizer uh, I suppose to 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 big it up and to get it distributed and what have you but it's an incredible story they're billionaires now multi-billionaires because of this vaccine but I guess they spent many many long days and nights researching it in their lab in fact they're a married couple who spent their wedding day in their lab and what I really love about it is they came as immigrants originally from Turkey to Germany so a Turkish couple perhaps have saved the world it's incredible story. And we will get our share of the game change of vaccine as well, according to the Independent this morning. I think it's a two-doser. I'm open to correction from medics on this, but I think you take it, and then a month later you go get a second jab. Pfizer's uh, say, we've got you COVID. I think you can follow that one. And they hope that it will be rolled out early 2021. There's been a big debate here in the Neil Prendival uh, studio offices this morning as to how you spell the word roll. Roll out. Brenda Dennehy, God help us. Brenda Dennehy is going all the way, insisting that it's R-O-L-E, whereas I'm of the belief that it's R-O-L-L. Even when I show her the front page headlines where it says R-O-L-L, she still believes it's R-O-L-E. I think rollout and breakfast roll and roll out the barrel have all different meanings. Ireland's first COVID case actually mentioned in this morning's Echo, because they still don't know who that person was. But that very first presentation of a COVID positive case in Cork, in Cork, resulted in 780 close or casual contacts. I mean, I mean, I'm not going into how many of those were positive or proved positive or negative or whatever, but they, they apparently they managed to trace 780 people uh, from the first COVID case. I mean, isn't that amazing? But Christmas pints, um, highly unlikely, according to Tony Hoolan in the papers this morning. Uh, a return to the pre-COVID festivities has been dealt a blow because he says he's not going to be advising that. He's not going to be recommending that. What will it be like? Will it be uh, outside drinks? Maximum of 15 people for pub per pub with outdoor heaters or what? But anyway, Christmas points, not a runner. Not yet anyway. Um, meanwhile, you know, different strains of different viruses or what is the term? Viri? Viruses, I think, can come along. And this one came from bats. Uh, in Denmark now, they are culling, killing 17 million mink, mink in an effort to prevent another spread, another spread of a new strain of COVID-19, which they call Cluster 5. So mink could be the next problem by all accounts. And from mink to rats, 
front of the Echo this morning talks of uh, residents in the north side who are plagued with a rat infestation, a plague of rats and the residents are very concerned about it. Of of course, it all has to do uh, with illegal dumping Um, and this of course is from the uh, the Mayfield area where um, you know families and mothers with small young babies are are living and there are photographs as well from the Glenamoy lawn area of May- of Mayfield um, you know the council aren't to blame for uh, dumping I mean it is their responsibility as landlords uh, to clean it up but it's not their fault that it's there on the first time mind you some might disagree if the perhaps if the if the apartments and the flats weren't empty and left empty for long periods of time then then these maggots and idiots and morons wouldn't be dumping in the first place. But um, we'll be coming back to that story across the morning. If you look at the amount of money that people spend on rent here on Leaside between now and eight years ago, renting a property in Cork is now 100 times more expensive than it was eight years ago. I mean, that is absolutely shocking that in the space of eight years, rental prices in lease on Leaside have doubled. I mean, you wouldn't say that about your income, for instance, or anything else for that matter. I mean, what can you lay your hand on and say that it's gone up 100% in eight years besides rent? Uh, our courts this morning, very busy. The busiest judge I see these days is Judge Sean O'Donovan. I don't know how he keeps it together with the stuff that's coming before his court. The latest one is a 59-year-old father of five. Now, he's never in trouble before, fair enough, but he struck his next-door neighbour in the head with an axe. And he assaulted his victim's partner when she tried to protect and intervene. A fellow called uh, John Milan from, from Kanturk. Uh, it was uh, a Syrian couple who were living next door. In fact, the Syrian man, Mr. Basu, said even when he lived in Syria, he'd never been subjected to an assault before and that this assault on him outside his home had a bad effect on him. So that's before the courts at the moment. You heard Lana talking about the office. Uh, well, actually, it's a complete Docklands regeneration. We see it at the moment with what's happening in Custom House Quay and the old property area there owned by Irish Rail uh, and also developments regarding the Dean Hotel and other things happening in the Custom House area. The whole Docklands uh, features in this morning's uh, Echo today. You're talking about 146 a- uh, hectares of land, hectares, I suppose, uh, and that would be in the next 20 years. Many, many homes, schools, medical, social services, sports, recreation facilities, office space, pubs, bars, restaurants, hotels, retail, more bridges for the city. I mean, it's going to be absolutely incredible. That whole area there and a lot of it happening already down around Penrose Key. Uh, Leo Varadkar makes the papers. I don't know whether you read the Village Magazine um, article yesterday. Uh, I did. Uh, and Village Magazine says, whatever Leo's saying on the doll, he's not accurate. He met... Macho or two hill between eight and ten times. Ten times they're saying in an eight and a half month period. So more pressure on Leo. Is he telling the truth? Uh, or is he being economical with the truth? As well as that, you have the Supreme Court's Judge Seamus Wolf, who won't quit his job, even though his boss is saying it would be a good idea for you to resign. He's refusing to do so. So Golfgate rolls on and on, as does the debate as to why women are now working from yesterday until the end of the year free. When you compare and contrast the wages for male and female um Particularly, they say, in certain aspects of the creative arts, like they're honing in on the mail this morning and uh, on broadcasting and comparing the, the pay gap between Brian Dobson and Sharon Violon, which apparently was 80 grand. 
Uh, that's the gap between their two wages for doing the same job. Uh, and I love that story from the White House this morning. Apparently for many years now, many, many presidents have had a teetotal alcohol-free White House. And it seems uh, that Trump had no alcohol in the White House. And it also seems that Joe Biden will also have an alcohol-free uh, White House. Not even uh, Guinness Zero. Nothing. Uh, Jimmy Carter was the first to start this, apparently, and it really caught on. Now, Obama liked to drink wine and stuff like that, but apparently there ain't going to be no booze in the White House. Um, I suppose, I don't know what the Irish equivalent to that would be, maybe. No booze in Ars and Oaktron, or <laughs> perish the thought, no booze in the doll. The Neil Prenderville Show. With Tesco. Save time and shop online. Simply log on to tesco.ie. Lines open at one 104 106 We've got calls, texts and comments on the way, but just before that, um, you still have one final opportunity to get in your screen grab from yesterday. A screen grab of how much you walked yesterday for a 100 euro voucher uh, from ourselves and Tesco because the new Douglas Shopping Centre opens uh, this coming Thursday and we've 100 euro vouchers to give away every single day. So I'll be picking a winner from yesterday's walks. So if you walked yesterday and you haven't sent me your screen grab, do it now. WhatsApp 0868104106. Text the Neil Prenderville Show now. 0868104106. Red FM. Kevin, good morning. Good morning, Neil. What a weekend you had. Uh, I believe that it should have been your stag do, but it turned out very differently, didn't it? What happened Friday night? Yeah, yeah, my stag do was right, yeah. Um, Friday night anyway, yeah. Was, uh, myself and two of my mates were walking uh, down George's Quay. And uh, all of a sudden we see people at either side of uh, Electric. Yeah, and also yeah. in... Um, Sober Lane, all the way down to Fords. And uh, next thing we see is uh, a Deliveroo, Deliveroo person coming towards us with a with a boy, you know. And he was uh, sprinting towards us, and we actually seen someone in the water then. And um, yeah, it was it was pretty surreal now. Um, so this but, would have uh, been the crowds of people who were having takeaway pints or something, or, or were they or were they looking into the water? Yeah, they're looking at a bit, bits of boat, I would say. Bits of boat, I would say. Um, you know, it's, it's actually a pretty busy area as well, Grand Parade. Um, so, and it was both sides of the, uh, George's Key and, um, Grand Parade as well. Yeah, so it would have been George's Key up onto, uh, the Southgate Bridge area. So what did, did you, did you look into the river yourself? Well, um, <laughs> one of my mates actually started sprinting off. Um, you know, trying to, to get a, a, another boy. And, um, I just realized that no one was, was actually going in and she was, um, she was actually in distress quite clearly. And like, I just said, look, geez, this, this, this person is going to die. Like she's actually going to, to drown if no one goes in. You said we looked so, into the river and saw a girl screaming. It was evident yeah. that she was drowning. Yeah. Yeah. So I was just around Ford's bar there. And uh, she was just at the bridge uh, around electric at the time. And I went in and um, I managed to swim to a boy that was there thrown in by, by someone already. So I was able to grab that. Did you uh, jump in or were there, were there, did you jump in or were there steps in or what? Just, just at the steps there. Um, I don't know if you, people will be aware, but just near uh, Ford's bar, there's actually just steps there. Um, so I was able to go into the water okay. 
Um, and you swam but, from there to electric, is it? Yeah, just about to electric, and um, like a, a lot of a lot of things in Norway as well. You know, um, so many times you hear um, stuff going wrong. You know, when when a, when a person tries to save another person, like hindsight is a great thing. I actually went in fully clothed, um, and I actually started to get a bit fatigued when I was getting towards her. Uh, because the clothing was weighing me down, Jeez. and also, which was pointed out to me, um, like I, I could have actually walked up a small bit uh, and um, you know exit a, a different way closer to the to the woman. But look, um, instinct kind of uh, came into play. Oh, that you could have gone around and gone into the water nearer to her. Ah, yeah, but I yeah, mean, you could. Yeah. I, I presume you could have. Ah, yeah, but I mean, you were dark. Yeah, I mean, you 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 saw somebody in in need in panic and you went to their aid ASAP because everyone just stood there watching uh, and nobody yeah. else was anyway inclined to go in you know well I, I'm not too sure of that but um, th- there was definitely four or five inflatable boys being thrown in at the time but uh, when I mentioned there about a lot of things went our way it, the actual woman had a had a, a big coat on and whatever way it was, uh, a lot of air, I would say, got stuck in her hood. Gotcha. So it, it kind of prevented her from, from going, getting fully submerged anyway. Um, so that kind of gave me, that bought me a bit of time to get to her. And um, w- when I did get to her, like, I, I, I realised then, okay, I got her, what's next? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, because I, I wouldn't, I don't know. A lifeguard now would have been a bit better, but uh, like there's actual procedures and and everything that you have to do and uh, to make sure that everyone is okay and to get out. But uh, it was actually one of my mates in had had the boy and he was able to throw close enough to us and uh, I was able to grab that and um, we we were reeled in then around Sober Lane and greeted with by. Uh, a Garda firemen and ambulance like fair play like to be fair they were they were on the ball now yeah, you know yeah. was she conscious when you got to her yeah she was yeah she was did she say anything no when um, I, I don't know how long no she was she was in the water for uh, I don't know how she got in the water um, nothing like that uh, came into play um, look, I'd just seen her in and uh, people were attempting, you know, to save. But ultimately, something else could have happened. Um, but look, um, a lot she of things. Could have a lot of things yeah. were worked for us anyway. You know, was it? Um, was the water cold? Yeah, yeah, it was. It was like, um, you know, some. Unfortunately, some boko decided it's a great idea to prepare for championship games that you go into cryotherapy. So, um, you know, when you're down in Torquay with TJ Brosnan and there and are in Siobhan O'Regan's below in Clannacilty in, a, in an ice bath and this is supposed to be preparing you for for, for championship mode. Um, <laughs> so you've done this before, you know, ice cold water. This is, this is Mediterranean weather, you know. Ah, uh, by comparison. Water temperatures. So they got her out. She was whisked away by ambulance. Um, and you had, what did you, like, you're, you're soaking wet, freezing with the cold. It's a Friday night in the city. What did you do next? Yeah, well, I should have went into Sober Lane and had a hot whiskey, definitely. But, uh, 
that wasn't uh, the case. But um, just one thing that actually freaked me out was that the um, you know there there was it was said to me that um, secondary drowning is actually very popular, you know, um, and um, you know, geez, we have to take you to the to the mercy now and everything. Make sure that you're okay. What is but, secondary drowning? What is it? Well, basically, this is apparently where water gets into your lungs and you're walking around perfect fine, you know, but day later, a oh couple of hours God. later, that you actually drown, you know? So I actually wasn't aware of this. How and, was I? How was I? I, 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 was, um, I was actually conscious of that, but at the same time, I was very confident that, you know, that wasn't the case. Um, but I got out anyway, and I was speaking to the ambulance crew. Um, I just actually live in Princes Street, and, and I think that's another factor as well. Like, you know, maybe subconsciously I knew that my uh, apartment wasn't so far away, and, and that was another um, another advantage, you know, for, for everyone. Um so stripped down, and I was able to give. They were able to give me the, the tin foil sheet, you know. Frikey. And um, my mates carried uh, my stuff, and we headed over Parliament Bridge. Um, and I, I, I went into the apartment with the lads here and greeted my <laughs> my, my good lady to be. <laughs> but I don't think she would have believed me now if uh, what, what had just occurred if, if it was you not went, for only for the lads. Yeah, I know. So you went into her wrapped in tinfoil like the Sunday roast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Yeah, that's exactly and then, it. Yeah. But, and then uh, Cork safe. showered there and everything and uh, they were able to fill her in the story anyway. But... Um, no, it's a, a good one. No, this one. That's um, right. She said, "Oh, Kevin, my hero." And then Cork Safety <laughs> Alerts um, um, put this up online, I believe. Right, wondering, um, you know, who you were, um, who she was, and then she posted um, the fact that you saved her life, and she wanted to find out who you were as well. Am I right? Yeah, that's that's right. Yeah, so like this happened Friday, so. Friday night, I, I wasn't sure, like, was the woman alive or not? Um, you know, like, she was conscious and everything and everything, you know, but I, I just still wasn't sure, was she okay and what happened and everything. Um, and that came into Saturday, uh, Sunday. So still, it was, you know, I was actually wondering, you know, was she okay? So um, I won't lie, I had a bit of a head in me because I was celebrating Mark Keane's goal last night myself and Marion <laughs> were celebrating <laughs> so I was woken up this morning by, by Marion and um, she she showed me that this person um, wanted to, to, to reach out to contact me and uh, yeah I was happy to do so and um, we briefly chatted and she told me that she's feeling good so look as I said this is this is a one of the good stories anyway that, that everyone thank walked away God, and yeah. that's the most important thing. And no doubt she said thanks for saving her life, which is what you did. Oh God, yeah. Yeah. Oh my God, it's incredible. It's incredible. Yeah. Well, it was some stag weekend, wasn't it? Yeah, I know, yeah. And it was, look, it's, I'm, I'm due to get married on the 31st as well and this this virus is evolving every week. Uh, but look, if I can give Mar the day that she deserves, it'd be fantastic if we get going at all. So, so the 31st still, of November you're getting hitched? 31st of December. Of December? December, yeah. Be, it'd probably be a quiet affair, I'd say, will it? 
Yeah, well, Sherlock. Um, yeah, that's the way it is. You know, with, with this with this virus evolving, there's current restrictions in place at the moment, but uh, we're we're still hoping to get going. Please God, in and when you get married on the thirty first of December, as you will, is there a honeymoon planned or anything like that? No, uh, no, nothing, nothing planned like that. No, again, uh, restrictions and, and everything, but. Uh, get the most important job done first anyway absolutely listen I'd love to jump in there because whenever things reopen again and all of the hotels and the restaurants are open I'd love to send you and Marion away for a weekend because you did a wonderful thing it was a very heroic it be Kinsale or it could be somewhere in West Cork or maybe in Kerry or something like that I have a whole treasure trove catching up with me thanks for taking the call and well done it was an incredible achievement on your behalf Amazing story from an incredible guy. Uh, we will organise something nice for him and his uh, his partner. They're getting married on the 31st day of uh, December and we'll organise that mini, mini ho- you know, honeymoon break for them. But the woman whose life he saved is Lorraine and she joins me by phone. Lorraine, good morning. Hi, Neil. How are you? How are you, girl? How are you feeling? I'm a bit much better now today, thank God. I know, you've had a tough old time of it over the past. Lockdown's been tough on you, I'm told, hasn't it? Yeah, very, very tough, yeah. Yeah. And you had a a close one on Friday night. If it wasn't for Kevin, there's a possibility we wouldn't be talking at all. What what happened? Oh, God. What happened, your misfortune? Um, I just remember walking down Barrack Street Hill. I know the river was in my head. And I got as far as the flying enterprise. And... I don't remember crossing the road, but I took off my handbag. I don't remember doing that because I had some alcohol in me. And I don't remember jumping over, but I just remember coming to alert, coming alert in the water. When you and, hit the water, um, yeah. Yeah, and I was just screaming. I didn't want, once I hit it, I didn't want to be there. Like, you know, I got, it was the worst experience of my life. Like, and I was just seeing all these people. I seen the ambulance, I seen the guards, and they threw in a boy at me. But I can't swim, so the boy was just fingers kind of away, and I couldn't reach it. And I was trying to shout that I can't, I can't swim. And then they threw in another one, and it went to the left side of me, and I couldn't reach that. So that was it. Like there was no more coming in. So something came to my mind to start to float on my back. So I started floating, and I was swallowing water. Like, and the more I was swallowing water, the less I was able to scream. And next, I knew I was kind of coming further, you know, getting further and further away from the crowds. And I was getting so scared because there was no one coming in. And I was getting very tired from floating. And all I do remember from that then is just going down under and the water in my ears. And it was like my lungs were filling with fluid. And I just got lifted. I just got lifted by that man, Kevin. You know, I just remember seeing his face vaguely and I wrapped my hands around him so tight, you know. I couldn't believe that I was actually being saved, like... And um, yeah. So the minute that you hit the water, you regretted your decision to jump in. Oh, I did not want to be there. Like I completely regretted it. You know, it was in my head to go in there, but like as as soon as I was in there, it was freezing, and I I was kind of the more I was losing my breath, I was just I didn't want to be in there. I was like, what am I doing? Oh my god! You know, it was the biggest regret of my life. Like. Do you, I mean, I mean, I imagine that your your mind is is racing. If you don't mind me dwelling on this for a moment, but do you, but do you think of family at that time? Did you think of your children? Do you think of um, that nothing? Nothing is worth uh, this. In my mind was just I was on a blank. It's because I think it's because I had alcohol in me. I was just on a blank, and it has like since the first lockdown, I struggled really, really hard. School closed, 
um, my AA meetings closed and it was like very hard and that's since then on like I've been really struggling so it's like I had enough like I had enough, enough hurting family hurting hurting myself like and you know I just couldn't cope anymore it was like this is my only way out like you know because some members of your family were saying that if were saying if you if you hadn't been drinking, and if drink wasn't an issue, this would never have happened. This was so unlike you. You must have been this in a very bad place, you know. Yeah, it was definitely not me. Like not me at all. Not me at all. You know. Uh, Kevin said. Kevin said you were wearing some rock bottom. Oh, absolutely. Oh, totally rock bottom. If you do something like that. Uh, yeah, I, like I've hit many kind of rock bottoms, but this this was a complete rock bottom. Like you know. Complete, like, you know, I know I know now I wasn't meant to go, like, my kids are my purpose, you know, I love them to bits, I'm a great mother, you know, without alcohol, like, and I adore every one of them, you know, and, like, they're so grateful that I'm alive, you know. What did they say, or are you in a position to share your conversations with them? I don't mean to pry, but they must have been really relieved, very upset, obviously, but very relieved. Yeah, they were very upset, very relieved, you know, like, um... I have two older ones, I won't mention their names or ages yeah, now, but like, um, they're so grateful. Like, but the two, I have a little baby, he's two, he wouldn't have a clue. Then I have two younger ones that we kind of had to make a story up to him, you know, that I was at a meeting that night and that I seen a woman fall into the river. So they're calling me a hero. They think I actually saved a woman. That's fair enough. Whatever works. Just Whatever to works. Them for when they, you know, not that they would carry, I don't want them carrying that in their head. I understand. Go, you know? I understand. <laughs> were, you, were you wearing some kind of a puffer jacket? I was. I was only after buying it not long before it from, um, I don't know, was it Dunn's or Penny's? I bought it. And I'm actually looking at it there now on the table. Um, I'd hold on to that jacket if I was you because because Kevin O'Sullivan was saying, the man who saved your life, was saying that that kept you afloat long enough for him to be able to get to you. It definitely gave me more time. Like, I didn't realise, you know, but he did say to me like that that, that did give him more time to get to me as well, you know. If I wasn't wearing that, like, I don't know, because I had, my boots were very, fairly heavy. They're actually still, still dripping. My friends, my friends, her father would have washed the clothes that night and stuff, but the boots they had in their house for two days on the red. And when they brought them back to me, they were actually still wet, like, and, you know, her, another friend said, they don't know how them boots didn't drag me down completely. Every, like. Yeah, everybody listening to this is so delighted that you're here talking this morning. Of that, you can't yeah. be sure. But, um, <clears throat> I, I imagine that you're still, so, you're still suffering flashbacks, I would think. Yeah, yeah, I um, I since Friday night I was in a panic that I couldn't close my eyes. I, I every time I close my eyes, I'm in the water. Like it's like it's horrible. But I got my first really good night's sleep after a meeting last night. Um, I came home, I went to bed, and I actually didn't wake till the school hour this morning for the kids. And I feel much better today. You know, every day is getting a bit kind of. This is the best I've been, I suppose, since it happened. But I've been surrounded by like my brothers and sisters like and my friends no, no she's very good to me you know I've been cutting I haven't been left on my own I've been constantly they were bringing up flowers and giving me their time my family like you know who I kind of wouldn't I don't know I don't want to say much like but like they're really they're showing me and they're there and they're like Lorraine at the end of the day or blood like and you know you have kids and you you have a purpose like you're, you're obviously not meant to go that night you know because I'm, I am grieving my dad an awful lot too because he passed last October and I would have looked after him. He had leukemia, and I feel I'm. It's only kind of now. Well, recently he's been in my head so much, and it was like this thought in my head that he needed me. I felt because he was in my head so much that he wasn't content where he is, and that maybe he needed me as well. So that was, I had all that going on in my head. And as well. you said I'm going to go to him. 
through sober times, you know what I mean? He'd be in my head, so I thought, yeah, I need to go to him, like, but obviously I know now he didn't want me to go, like, he wants me, he knows I'm a good mother and he wants me to be here, my kids need me, they're my primary purpose, like, and, you know? Yeah, and if you hadn't had, if you hadn't been drinking, of course, like you would have been if thinking. If I hadn't drink, I'd have thinking no more way. straight. I would have had courage yeah. that. I yeah. wouldn't have. I wouldn't have definitely. That would have been the last last draw with me. Like I would probably. No, I know that. I know that Kevin. You may not even wish to comment on this, but I know that Kevin did jump in. But could others have intervened sooner, or do you have an opinion on that? Oh, I definitely have an opinion on it. Like, and I'm sorry, I don't want to bring anyone down, but there was thousands there, and like, there's not one. After them two boys came in and I was fading, drifting down the water, there was nobody, and I mean nobody, coming to save me. I'm sure there wasn't thousands of rain, was there? Hundreds maybe? I don't know, crowds, like, crowds, that's the way of saying it, but it was thousands in my head, but it was just crowded, like, there was a lot of people there. So were you in the water for a period of time and thinking to yourself, why won't anybody jump in to save me? Yeah. I was like, why are these people just looking at me? Why I couldn't get my head around, like, what the look, why aren't they coming in to save me? They did show two boys, and but that was it. There was nobody. I was drifting away and drifting away and struggling, like, and there was nobody. And I do remember my head going under the water. And, you know, my, it was like my lungs filling up because I was losing my breath more and more. And then I was just, and I could hear the water in my ears, and he just lifted me. You know, a complete miracle, like, I, I was gone, I was definitely gone if he didn't jump into the water, I know he, that. He said to me, exactly. actually, that he was struggling as well because he was fully clothed and he was tiring and the water was was pulling him down. Yeah, Sometimes that, man, like, they, that man could have died, you know what I mean, saving me while trying to save me. He could have died, like, you know, and I really, really admire him. My kids are, can't wait to meet him, you know. And like, What did you say to him on the phone? I was talking to him, I was just baffled that uh, Cork Safety Alerts were fantastic. They put me in, they put, they asked for my number and then he rang me yesterday around 12 o'clock. I was sitting by the phone all morning waiting for him to ring me and I was just like, oh my God, oh my God. I was just very, very overwhelmed talking to him like, and I was thank you. And he was able to tell me a little bit more about my jacket now and things that I did, I, I didn't know of, you know. Do you know he's getting married on the 31st of December and us? Yeah, he was telling me that. It was that weekend, last weekend was supposed to be a stag. <laughs> yeah, oh my God. On that night that I went in, was it? That's right, yeah. Oh, Jesus. Talking about ruining anniversary. And no, I think it's even better than a stag. I mean, what the hell? Like, you can have a few drinks anytime, but you can save somebody's life anytime. Do you know something? He was definitely, he's my guardian angel. He was definitely meant to be where he was that night, like, because At, I know I was gone. If he didn't jump in, I know I was gone. Yeah, going down for the last time, as the fellow says. Yeah. Now, I know the yeah. guards arrived, of course, and the ambulance arrived, and you were taken to, to hospital, and all is well. Um, yeah. But, but what about the rest of your life now? How, are you going to do things differently? Are you going to oh, yeah, try to deal with things differently? It, it, yeah, there's a few changes now, you know, that I, I'm kind of more aware of. I know I'm aware, you know, since I'm in a like, since 2010, and I have good, fair, good enough awareness, but through what happened to me, it's like I threw myself into a meeting the night after and I've been going to meetings since and I've been sharing this since. I have to keep sharing it till it's gone from my head but I know it will never leave me. But, um, yeah, a lot of changes. Like, you know, my, my main triggers are at weekends and I know, like, I spoke to a, a certain person, like, and I'm saying, like, this is what I can do on the Friday night now instead of going out doing my shopping on the Thursday morning, I can go out on the Friday night where my trigger is and do my shopping with her. Mm-hmm. Little things like that, like, you know. It also shows how many people have struggled during lockdown whose routine 
was so important Absolutely. to them, you know? Yeah, and uh, like also, like, I'd like to mention, you know, I'm, I'd talk the ears of a donkey. So I'd like, what I would really love as well, you know, like I knew, I do need to kind of um, do something for myself, you know, maybe in the mornings or something like that. And I'd love, really love, you know, AA is about giving, not, not expecting something back, like. And what I'd really love, you know, some old person that has no family or something like that at home, like, and I'd love to, like, Go, maybe call to them in the morning time and have a cup of tea with them and then chat to them and, you know, give give what I've been given an A, like... Why don't you throw you know, yourself into I, Vincent de Paul or something? Yeah, something voluntary. Why, get, or get involved really with Katrina Toomey up in Penny Dinners. Yeah, yeah. So no. I'm really, that's another change for me, like, you know, giving back what I got, like, and that's what AA is about, you know. And are, are AA meetings still online or do, do AA yeah, meetings... Brilliant. Are, are, do, are there. there physical meetings now where you can go? Yeah, I'd go to, like, um, my main group is Dalivihan. Yeah. It's my home group. I go to Greenmount. There are two main groups I'd go to, but I know I'm going to one there now in the hill at one o'clock in town. There's a member actually going to take me because um, my kids will be in school. Um, and I, it's like they say, 90 meetings, 90 days, a day at a time. That's how I started off years ago, and that's how I got well. So that's my aim now. You know. Yes, you sound very positive to me, and you sound very strong with regards to your yeah. will and your resolve. And, and I think it's going to—I think your life is going to be great. Maybe this was the rock bottom that you needed to hit. Yeah, and, I can't hit any more, any more than I did. Like there, no way. And my yeah. kids need me, like you know. So I need to do this for myself, which sounds selfish, but I need to do it for myself to be there for my kids. You know. <sighs> Absolutely, and and so say all of us. Um, yeah. I, hope, I hope that I hope that even chatting with me might help in a small way and sharing your story. It certainly might help others who are who are struggling at this point in time. What Definitely. would you what would you say to others who are struggling? I would one thing I would say like is if you are thinking of ending it like and it's like I can only my only experience is a river the way I was trying to end it, but like you might think you want to go in there but, but as soon as you hit that water you do not want to be there. You do not like want to be there. You're you're absolutely freezing. You're struggling with your breath and it's it's the most scariest experience of my life. Like the know? only thing you I want know. to do is live. But on it uh, yeah, on it my head with my kids and what am I doing and Jesus you know it's like I, com- I can't you know it's like I got completely sober in that water and came to my right center. it was like what am I doing my kids my family and I just want out like I want to get out of the water I wanted to I regretted it completely so I just say anyone that's thinking about it they do, they do not want to go there like they don't want to go there Listen, it's no. uh, it's great talking to you. It really is, um, and I wish you all the best of luck in the whole wide earthly world. Do do feel free to stay in touch, and if you need any help with anything or any assistance, or you know, you think you're going to come come up with a plan now with regards to your spare time or how you can give back or come up with the routines yeah. to keep yourself occupied. If we can help in anything like that. Uh, do let yeah, me know, or, or or indeed, um, you know, if if any, like I I think maybe you, you'll know what suits you best. But penny dinners. Vincent de Paul, Meals on Wheels. Um, you could become a carer. You, there's many different things that you could do with your time. Yeah, you know? because like because I did care for my mother. She had so um, you're good at that. COPD, and I cared for my father. Like so, like I'm a very chatty person, and I'm very understanding. You know, and like I'm very, I am kind of. I wouldn't be professionally trained, but no, I, I know do a lot yeah. with my mum and dad, and I know, you know, I was able to talk to him and comfort him and things like that. Like, and that's my character anyway. Well, listen, know? care for yourself now for a while. Yeah, yeah. And I, when, as I get kind of better in time, like, it, it takes time, like, and Absolutely. then look into something like that, you know? Give it time. Just to give, time, give it time, like, you know? Okay. Look after yourself, Lorraine. Thank you so much Thank for
Oh, and thanks to Kevin. <laughs> you better believe it. Well done, Kevin, oh the hero. Oh, he's a hero. Like, oh, my God. Thanks very much. Okay, cheers. Take okay, care, Lorraine. Bye-bye. Take care. Talk to Neil Printerville now. 1851-04106. Red FM. Okay, I'm hearing of a pedestrian knockdown outside Colosh de Colum uh, in Ballancolig this morning. And Ballancolig locals have been telling us that there were bollards put up outside the school uh, just last week, and they have become a hindrance. And apparently many students are now racing across the road to get into school. Um, College says it was an accident waiting to happen. I believe that it was a pedestrian, possibly a student, uh, who was uh, knocked down, hit by a motorbike, I believe. Uh, I hope that everybody is okay, and we'll, we'll keep you in uh, up to date on that when I get further details on it. A uh, lot of lovely texts coming in on behalf of Lorraine and, indeed, on behalf of uh, Kevin. Text 0868104106 if you want to pass on your kind thoughts, and it's always lovely to do that. Um, lots of other calls and texts across the morning. Uh, and another couple of lovely stories, actually, uh, to, to bring to air, uh, as we usually do. Do you remember we were talking about that um, gender reveal party on the north side? Uh, on the one hand, I heard from a neighbour who said that guards did call and knocked on the door, but that nobody opened the door so they couldn't go in to tell them to cop themselves on. There was... Somebody said between 30 and 40 people inside of the gender reveal party. But we did contact uh, the Garda Shikona on the matter. And they said, and this is a statement from the Garda at uh, um, uh, Anglesey Street, the HQ. They said that they checked with different Garda stations and they had no reports of any house party over the weekend. Which, from the Garda's point of view, they're saying that nobody called it in. Uh, and... Uh, Garda Press say they don't have any contact details from anyone who actually attended the house on behalf of the Garda. And then, I had hoped that this would be a phone call, but um, in, in the past, there was one particular individual at, at the traffic corps on, on Leeside who was always very media friendly and would constantly come on the air. I believe that that gentleman has been redeployed up, up to Dublin and now I, I kind of have to deal with, unfortunately, statements. So they sent me a four-paragraph statement. This is to do with Garda checkpoints where they actually don't stop you. They just cause all sorts of traffic delays and backlogs of traffic, particularly at pinch point times in the morning, only to wave people on, which makes it a nonsense, really, and a nuisance as well. So the response, and thank you for it from Garda uh, Traffic, but it's too long. So I just deal with one paragraph. They said, we do not discuss the operational side of our side of our checkpoints. Decisions are made at local level on stopping vehicles, depending on factors such as time and traffic volume. It is not an intention of Angarda Shikona to delay members of the public, which is just kind of amazing because it mightn't be your intention, but that's exactly what you're doing. Um, and if you say that decisions are made uh, depending on factors such as time and traffic volume, why would you be doing it at peak traffic times? But anyway, that's just the deal on that. And then... Of course, the guards are damned if they do and they're damned if they don't. But what about public health and what about public bylaws? Uh, we all, and you know, Lorraine was talking about, she said there were thousands. There was probably more likely to be hundreds of people on the quays on Friday night. An awful lot of them were drinking and they were drinking pints and they're getting the pints from a variety of city pubs and they're drinking on the streets. Uh, just to touch on what you said about the pubs attracting Gardaí for breaching public health conditions on your programme. Yesterday evening, and this would have been uh, Sunday evening, I went into a pharmacy in the city and I could not believe the crowds of people standing outside a pub there. I understand that many pubs now have decided to sell takeaway pints, takeaway cocktails, takeaway shorts, takeaway bottles. While it's great that businesses can make some money during this difficult time, I feel the pubs, and particularly the pub I saw, is encouraging people 
to not abide by COVID restrictions and guidelines. They had their outside area open with people standing there, drinking their pints, with no masks on, no social distancing being adhered to. Even the people who run the pub were standing outside and not socially distancing themselves. They were also sinking pints. I just feel that it's a kick in the teeth to the businesses that cannot open and also for the people who stay at home except for going outside for exercise and food. I sacrifice a lot every day and I work from home. I don't socialize with my friends or see my family. And then you have these idiots standing outside pubs drinking pints as if level five is not in place. I understand if a barrier is up for the purpose of a queue as it's raining at the time, but essentially it was as if we were in level three again without the tables outside. Friday evening, another popular drinking area in town was packed with people boozing. There was there was a hundred or more people at 6pm on the street on Friday. I wonder where the guardie were when this was going on. Wouldn't they be better suited walking around town to make sure people and businesses are abiding by these restrictions instead of carrying out checkpoints at ridiculous times? I encourage you to go walk around town this weekend and you'll see exactly the same, I'm sure. It says Kelly. Well, it is happening. Um, and, uh, you know, there are a few pubs that I know of that are somewhat under the radar and they're allowed people, allowing people to use their awnings and they're allowing people down the side lanes and they're allowing others into their, into their smoking areas. The whole idea of being open for takeaway is that people take them away, not outside to drink them. Um, I was in town yesterday and I saw up to 17 people buying their drink and standing directly outside the pub drinking it. Why can't they sit outside and drink? Why can't our cafes open up similarly? Well, that's an interesting point of view in the sense that if they're going to be doing it, give them tables and chairs and split them up so they're doing it somewhat safer. Lines open at one 104 106 You can text 868 104 One or two quick calls after the break. Call the Neil Prenderville Show now. 1850-104-106. Red FM. Just a quick one because I've been sending some photographs and videos from Balancolic this morning. Apparently a student's been hit by a motorbike. Colin Councillor, Colin Kelleher. Colin, good morning. Good morning, Neil. I, I don't have much time, but somebody was suggesting it has something to do with bollards. I can't understand that. They're they're like um, they're like lane checkers for a cycle lane, aren't they? Well, no. There was reports coming out of the school this morning that there was um, cars stopped in traffic, and uh, a student got out of the car, and uh, I think a motorbike was trying to overtake, and it might have all have happened a, fairly, a bit quick, and it happened out on the road itself, and the student was hit by by the motorcycle. No, but those bollards then are making cars stop further out onto the road, are they, to block off a cycle lane or something? Well, there was, there was existing cycle lanes there prior to the bollards going up, and I suppose people were parking and dropping their students off there. But the minute you put these bollards off protecting the cycle lane, cars have to park further out, and it caused this accident. They can't park at all. They're stopped in traffic up the road. they got to get rid of them then. Somebody's been hurt. Well, look, the, the, you're, you're legally not entitled to park on uh, a cycle lane, but, you know, these went up overnight. You know, I don't think any of the ward councillors in the area were even in, informed about it. It's, it's like we went to bed one night and we woke up one morning and they were there. Um, you know, I just think, you know, it's it's unfortunate that something like this has happened and, you know, had, I suppose, those spaces or the bollards not been there and the cars were, I suppose, parking on the cycle lane, albeit illegally, you're not supposed to park in a cycle lane. 
um, you know, maybe this may may not have happened. But my understanding is the the student is in a junior cycle. Uh, medics are on the scene fairly quickly. Um, he's on his way to the COH, my understanding, and uh, I think it, there's a shoulder injury involved. But um, he, he he hopefully he'll be all right. And look, my thoughts will go to him and uh, his 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 family as well. Um, and I'd like to commend the uh, I suppose emergency services. They were on scene fairly fairly quickly. Medics were there within minutes, and the ambulance was there soon after as well. Okay, so he will make a recovery, a bit of pain and bruising. And the motorcycle uh, rider? Uh, I I don't know, Neil, to be honest with you. I don't know. Okay, all right. Thanks for the update, Colm, as always. Do appreciate it. Councillor Colm Kelleher from Ballancolleg this morning. We wish that lad a full recovery and uh, the motorcycle rider as well. Lines are open at 1850 104 106. Lovely texts of um, support for Lorraine following her awful ordeal in the river on Friday night. We'll pick up on that and lots more besides. I hope Lorraine feels a bit better sharing her story and that it will empower her going forward. Lots of lovely texts regarding Lorraine and her awful tragic situation on Friday night where she almost drowned and left a loving family behind. Thankfully, that did not happen. Listening to Lorraine, thank God she was saved Friday night. Uh, she's a fantastic ma'am to her kids. She's not alone. This lockdown has all our heads wrecked Best of luck going forward, Lorraine. Uh, morning. I would like to wish that girl the best for the future. Addiction is the hardest thing to live with, whether you are the addict or the family member of an addict. Fair play for coming on the air and speaking so honestly about your situation. I hope and I know you'll get stronger from this. Congratulations to that man uh, on Friday night. So that's congratulations to Colin. It's bringing back good memories for me as I did the same thing on Lancaster Quay last February. He's a hero and he should be very proud of himself. Can't come on air due to my work. I just felt I had to congratulate that man. It's a huge thing he did. You're damn right there. Just listening to the girl who jumped into the river. It is sad and it is her children I feel sorry for. A parent needs to be stable and she was so lucky to be saved. I really hope that she does manage to stay off the drink and be the best parent possible. I wish her all the best. Fair play to you. Well played, Neil. Thank you for that. Um, okay, thank you. People are saying kind things about the interview. That's fine. I'm, I'm just doing the best I can. Kay says, I hope that lady gets all the help and support she needs. My heart goes out to her. She's got another chance. She should seize it. Well done, Kevin. Glad it turned out so well, says Kay. Wishing Lorraine so much love. I hope she gets all the help she needs. I wish my brother was still here today. Morning, Neil. That chap deserves a medal. Best conversation I ever listened to. Well, I hope that it empowers Lorraine and hopefully others who may well be struggling might take some strength from the conversation with her. Morning, Neil. Listening to Lorraine on your show this morning. Wow is all I can say. What a story. Wishing Lorraine all the very best. And to Kevin, who saved her life. A huge thank you. I'm organising um, for Lorraine and her kids and her family. I'm organising a few Oak Fire pizza vouchers for uh, some evening this week or maybe at the weekend where Lorraine and the family can all sit down to some hot piping uh, pizza and we'll organise some bottles of uh, Coke or Fanta, whatever they drink. For me, it's it's Diet Pepsi, but that's hard enough to get these days. So we'll organise a bit of an old pizza party for Lorraine so she can sit around with those that uh, love her the most and they can have a good chat and everybody will have smiles on their faces. So we'll, we'll get that one sorted. So that's good. Now, lines are open. I, I also Lines are open at 1850-104-106. I don't mean to um, upset anybody, but one of the things that was going through my head last night after this you know, story and, you know, thinking about Lorraine and thinking about Kevin saving her life is, I wonder how many people who actually do decide that they can no longer take it 
and decide to uh, take their own lives. You know how Lorraine was saying the minute that she hit the water, she knew she had made a bad call and she wanted to live. Uh, do, you, do any of you ever think about how how many other people who, who sadly die feel the same way when they've made the decision? Whatever that decision may be, that they want to live, they wish they hadn't done it, they struggle to try and save their lives. I, I, I find that quite disturbing, but it's something I've been thinking about since, since yesterday. Anyway, um, perhaps um, you might like to share. Text 868 106 Pick up the phone on 1850-104-106. Meanwhile, a great way to improve your mental health and your physical health is to get out there and walk or run or jog or whatever turns you on. Right? And I mean that in fairness. So, uh, walking is the thing that I'm honing in on. We want you to walk your way out of lockdown. Uh, Tesco have given me 1,000 euro worth of Tesco gift cards. So this week and next week, I'm giving them away. And I suppose it's also the fact that I want you to walk your way out of lockdown, have some fun and do a bit of shopping. And Douglas Village Shopping Centre opens on Thursday. It's been closed for, good God, well over a year now. So it's going to be uh, some opening on Thursday. Um, and uh, the brand new location completely refurbed from top to bottom so with that in mind I want you to um, get out do your walk either use your Fitbit or your mobile phone to take a screenshot of your steps and your distance walked uh, and uh, WhatsApp it to me WhatsApp the photograph to 0868104106 so thank you Kiwi here are my steps uh, walked just from doing my job around Smith's Kinsale Road doing the click and collect service somebody's got to do it and by the time Kiwi sent me in the screenshot um, there was 10,950 steps done which is over seven and a half kilometres and that's just that's just walking around Smith's and the Kinsale Road Kiwi says forgive me I don't know whether Kiwi is male or female but uh, Kiwi says by the time I finish work I'll have done 30,000 steps well, come here. Why don't you? Well, you need to send me the photograph at the end of the day, not halfway through it. Caroline says, uh, "Walked on this morning while listening to Neil with my two boys, Chase and Bob. Chase and Bob are dogs. Seven thousand one hundred steps. Fair play to you. Forty thousand five hundred ninety-two steps. Walking sixteen point one mile." Terry Hitchin, take a bow. Linda Cara in Monkstown. Steps done. A walk every morning, seven days a week. 12,000 steps before 10 o'clock isn't bad for an old one, she says. 12,669 steps. 17,296 steps from Audrey O'Donovan in Ballancolic. She says, trying to, trying time, trying to get a goal of 12,000 steps daily. Will you beat that? Out of the ballpark, 17,000 is just over nearly 11 and a half kilometers. Shelley Sheehan in Glenville, 28,118. What have we got here? Maria Flaherty, 10,300. Anne O'Flaherty, 11,600. I'm putting you all to shame reading these out, those of you that are couch potatoes. Burr Morgan, 7,000. John O'Mahony, 3,500. Karen and Yall, great place to be walking, 7,500. Louise and Middleton, 8,000. Uh, Claire Collin, we got rid of our sitting room and I turned it into a gym. Uh, so what have you got? Are you on a treadmill there? Turn the pace up a bit. 1,194. Good. But room for improvement. I'd say you're only starting, though. I think you'll rock it out of the ballpark by the end of the week. Uh, just under 8,000 from Michelle Irwin. Mary Toomey and Douglas, 8,080. Caroline Mannix, 8,500. Susie, 10,500. Marie, 17,800. And uh, Ian Gregson from Cargilline. Did a big, huge walk, eight and a half thousand, uh, did just over 5.8 kilometers. So, yeah, you have another opportunity now to get those um, screen grabs in. 
before quarter to midday we'll pick our daily winner of a 100 euro Tesco gift card every single day as you walk your way out of lockdown. Send the screen grab by WhatsApp to 0868 106. Back to the phone lines ago. I need to come up for air. John, good morning. Good morning, Nick. How are you? Okay, just picking up on pubs and what is supposed to be click and collect that is turning into on-street drinking. Did you want to pick up on that? I did. It's the, it's the pub. I tell you, it's when you walk down the Grand Parade and you turn onto the South Mile, there's a big pub on your right-hand side with a grass margin outside it. When you, the electric? Electric, yeah. yeah. There must have been between 130 to 150 people drinking outside that pub last Friday night at 8 o'clock. It was totally disgusting. There's five and six people sitting on one seat, four more standing over them, people standing behind them. They were like sheep. So two Friday nights in a row now, I've had reports in this program of the green area by the Peace the Park green area, yeah. full They're of like people. Yeah. I, and I said it to my, a friend of mine. I said, where are the police now? But... What were they drinking, you see? I want to be fair to everybody. Maybe they just they brought it back. Whatever they drank, they took it out of the pub. Well, I, I just want to be clear on that. How do you know that they just didn't bring a bag of cans or bottles with them to have a bit I, of a get-together with their mates? I saw them walking out of the pub. So they were walking out of the pub with pints? Yeah, they were, hand, they were handing them, yeah. They were handing them out to and they were like cattle outside. So when they were handing them out, they weren't handing them out in any kind of takeaway carton or anything? They were already giving them in takeaways, yeah, but they were still standing on the grass outside the door. But what are electrics supposed to do if they say, this is for takeaway, so go and take your pints and leg it home? But like, wouldn't you think people would have the common sense that they wouldn't gather in, in, with that amount of people around them? I suppose what I'm asking is, who do you think is to blame here if you're looking for blame? Is, blame? is it the pub? Is it the guards? Is it the people who are drinking? Who? I'd say the people that are drinking. Yeah, yeah. And the guard's job then is to come along and say, get out of here. Yeah. So for others then that follow the guidelines and do their own thing within their five kilometres and stay at home, must be very annoying. You say you're disgusted with it. I am, Neil, yeah, because I'm 73 years old, like. I'm after, my family are way down the country. And I'm after spending a lot of time on my own over months and months. So when you see this, living on your own, divided from your family, it's very upsetting, isn't it? It's disgusting, Neil. It's not upsetting, it's disgusting. I, I know, I know, I know. The only thing I can tell you is that the numbers are dropping and the numbers in Cork are very, very low, you know? I heard, I heard it this morning, I listened to your show every morning. Yeah, so like, in, in spite of all of this kind of carry on, uh, we've got a handle on this, you know? I'm not yeah. saying it's right or anything. It must be very annoying for people who would love a pint but are doing the right thing. I don't drink myself to be honest with you. But I, I know you would, yeah. yeah. I'm not against it. You know, but uh, like to, it's crazy what I see more than uh, to be honest with you. All right, kid. Let's see if we can get other thoughts on that. Thanks, John. He says, you too, pal. He says, up to 150 of them outside electric on Friday night drinking uh, in the green area. Uh, That's a fairly regular occurrence. You know, um, I don't mean to be in any way dividing society against those that do and those that don't and those that will and those that won't and the things that you should or shouldn't be doing. You might recall there, I was talking about about mass there recently, and we actually... um, 
Somewhere I have uh, a response from the priest down in Glantown. Um, but I got another email and said, oh yeah, I was listening to your show last week when you read out an email from a concerned member of the Glantown community regarding the activities in Glantown Church over the last 12. Up until Tuesday of last week, the priest was saying daily 10 o'clock mass to a large congregation of people and also giving out Holy Communion. This has been going on every day all through level 5 and no doubt the last lockdown as well. I was then horrified by the statement made by the priest to your program. Yes, we asked the priest and he, he gave us a statement. I'm just waiting on a copy of that. Um, he denied that he was saying mass. He denied what your listener had said she saw. The fact is, the Gardaí were contacted on Tuesday about the priest gathering at daily mass and the priest and the, and the guards subsequently visited him on Wednesday informing him to put a stop to these planned daily large gatherings in the interest of public safety. Not only has the priest been putting lives at risk during this, pan- during this pandemic by having such gatherings and defying public health advice, he then has the audacity to deny it. Doesn't say much for the integrity of the priests. I'd rather my name was kept anonymous, please. Thank you for your time. So we asked the guardy, said, did you visit, Glou- did the guards visit Glountorn Church last week? And they said, this is the press office, Garda Shokana. Um, we do not comment on named individuals. However, I can confirm that Gardaí spoke to a man in Cork City about level five restrictions and gatherings in groups. And Garda Shikona has always maintained the approach of the four E's, engage, encourage, educate, and as a last resort, enforce. This approach was taken. No further action will be taken by Angarda Shikona in this instance. Now, if you read between the lines there, what they are saying is that they did go and did visit the priest and they spoke to him about what he should or shouldn't be doing during Level 5. And they say that saying Mass should not be um, conducted on a daily basis. So, in spite of the Garda Shikona visiting, um, I believe nothing has changed and, and Mass continues to be said in Glanton Church. Fiona, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How's it going? I'm good. Are you are you a native of the Airy? I am. I'm a native of the Airy, and I'm a friend of the girl who wrote you that email. So, Neil, have you been to mass? I've been to mass. I did. I went to mass on Saturday night. Actually, it was great. About twenty people in there. Sorry, they're talking Uh, to me in my ear. How many people were there? About twenty. But in all fairness, what's the harm in twenty people inside in a huge church? Yeah, well, look, I'll tell you, this is the thing. I'm, I'm, I'm mainly in touch about this because of my friend who wrote that email. And the reason she is so upset is that she is a frontline essential worker. But she's saying, she's saying large she's gatherings. It's not a large gathering. Yeah. Well, look, you know, I mean, who, who knows who's going to be there like every day? Do you know what I mean? I, you know, I, the regulations say under level five restrictions, all mass and religious services to be moved online and will remain open for private prayer. So I suppose what they're doing is they're probably letting people in, you know, under the guise of coming for a pray and if you happen to be there for the Mass. But um, I was was kind of intrigued by his sermon. Um, I stuck around for a sermon on Saturday night. Go on. Sorry, before I say that, though, the girl who wrote you the email is a nurse. She's a frontline worker, and what is really upsetting for her in particular is the fact that she has just gone through it, put down the summer, where they all had to double up on PPE gear, and they were all roasting, and now here we are. 
here we are back into another wave again and people are flouting the guidelines. They're, they're just not adhering to it this time around, you know. Anyway, so back to the sermon. He made a couple of interesting points, right? And the the, the first point that he made was that he there was he thought the guard he did call to him and he mentioned that in the sermon. Oh, did he? This became part of the sermon. What did he say? It was part of the sermon, yeah. He said that the Gardaí were in touch with him and asked him not to do masses anymore. anymore. And he had, he contemplated it for a few days. And then he decided that in life there's only ten rules that he lives by. Can you guess? The Ten Commandments. Yes. And there isn't any commandment saying thou thou shalt not say mass in a pandemic. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. <laughs> this is it. Um, this is Father Ted in Glanton no, was saying exactly, this match, right? <laughs> okay. Exactly. It's Father Ted said this now. I feel like an awful heathen Judas type to come and telling you all these stories now, to be honest. But, um, especially after the compelling argument that he gave. And the other point that he said was he pleaded with his parishioners to contact their local TDs to allow masses happen and you know for mental health and that sort of thing like he made a couple of really interesting valid points but Neil you and you both yourself and myself would know a lot of people who are working in the entertainment industry people who own restaurants here in beauty salons they're all closed you know but like it's just a handful of people it's not a large con- Your buddy says to me, um, daily mass, 10 o'clock mass, a large congregation of people. Um, it's not like, they're all, yeah. I mean, they're all separated inside in the church. If you were to compare what went on at 10 o'clock mass to say mm-hmm. Friday afternoon in Tesco or Dunn's, like, come on. Well, look, the way she put it to me was she was very weary. She had just put down um, a weekend doing nights and she was on her way home to bed, driving past Glowntown Church and she saw about 30 or 40 cars outside and she just said, oh my God. you know, Because they're probably pensioners who can't walk a long distance. Mm. No? Well, oh yeah, well no, I mean the, the point, the, we, there could, you know, whatever about the cars, it's just if there were 30, 40 cars outside, how many people were inside in the church? Do you know what I mean? How, was there communion? You know Saturday night when you went, how many people were in there? Uh, there was about 20 people and I missed communion, I'll be honest with you. <laughs> Why? Are you one of those that um, slip out at communion, you are? I just listened to the sermon and I was in no, I'm losing you there. I'm losing you there. I'm Can you hear me? You. Yeah. You didn't stay around for communion, but he did give out Holy Communion, did he? I don't know. I actually can't. I couldn't confirm nor deny that meal. Now I didn't. I just stayed for the sermon part and I I took his points and I had to wait kind of a thing. So what he had said then in the sermon was that he was visited by the Gardaí. He was told to stop saying Mass, but that he reflected on it over a couple of days and decided there was nothing in the Ten Rules that he follows, the Ten Commandments, that said he shouldn't say Mass. Yes. So he's he's continuing to say Mass then. He's continuing to say Mass, yeah. And look, to be honest with you, I was... I, I, I was upset about it, especially for my friend who's the nurse who's working all these hours trying to, you know, they're they're trying to keep on top of things and they're under pressure. And then they see things like that. But to be honest with you, the, the gentleman who was on just before me talking about people outside on the streets drinking, like, you know, I just, 
Is, is anyone adhering to the regulations? Anybody now? that wants to go for a pint now and get a pint of beer or stout or what have you, or lager, um, can do, and they don't have to bring it home. They can drink it on the yeah. streets or they can drink it outside the pubs because that's what's happening. Yeah. But, yet, but, yet, but yet a priest in Glanton is getting grief for saying mass to 15 pensioners. Do you see the daftness well, of it all? Uh, look, I, do you see the daftness of all the regulations? Like, I think we all feel pretty daft at this stage, like, you know, it, with everything. Like, do you, do you ever get, like, a moment of existential paranoia when you're wearing a mask in a public place? <laughs> I don't even know what that means, I, existential I, paranoia. <laughs> <laughs> what does it mean? Like, just like you just suddenly becoming aware of the fact that you're wearing a muzzle on your face, you know, like this time last year, would, if somebody saw you wearing a mask like that, I just feel mental sometimes. Were, were they I, all masked at Saturday Night Mass? Uh, there was there was a couple of them. Not everyone, no. There was there was one elderly gentleman down the back was wearing an old um, surgical mask or whatever, one of the temporary ones. Yeah, but that's a mask. Kind of worn out, to be honest. Hold on there a second, Fiona. Our man Seamus Whelan is down at 10 o'clock mass in Glanton. Seamus, good morning. Good morning, Neil. Okay, uh, a few different questions for you. Firstly, what did you see this morning, 10 o'clock mass? Well, 10 o'clock mass, the uh, priest came out on the, on the altar uh, as normal. There were, um, I counted... Eight people in total um, at mass, uh, all wearing their uh, face coverings, all social distancing, um, and all in. They, they were pretty much well spaced out. Um, there were like after the churches reopened in May, following the first lockdown. You may remember there were a number of seats that were to be blocked off. They were blocked off in Glanton Church this morning, um, and he—they're they're just coming out of there now from mass. They, it's the full mass was uh, was said. Um, Eight he, elderly parishioners. You count elderly parishioners, is it? Yeah, I'd say, I'd say they'd be in their late fifties, early sixties, up to seventies, eighties. Um, communion as well. There was communion, but it was only the priest re- received communion. Um, he. The parishioners didn't go up. Uh, didn't go up to receive it. Now, when you contacted the priest that's saying mass about a week back, what did just recall for me? What did he say to you when you said, "Are you staying mass down there?" Well, when when we got the tip off that mass was being said here in Glanton, um I rang the priest um, and asked him straight out, and he said that mass had ended. Uh, once the restrictions had been, latest restrictions have been brought in and it's all been done online. Yes, it is being done online, but you still have a core group of uh, people attending uh, the Mass. Um, he even uh, announced off the altar there this morning that uh, they're holding a holy hour tomorrow between three and four. What's that mean? What is the holy hour? Um, it's basically they're doing novenas, um, so uh, people can come in and and uh, pray for their loved ones uh, between three and four tomorrow. That's private prayer, though, isn't it? Um, I don't think so. I don't think. Well, it, it was a general announcement. Uh, oh, it'd be there at this specific there. time. I understand. Okay, okay. Uh, so, in spite of what he said to you, and indeed a visit visit from the boys in blue, he's continuing to say mass. Yes. Okay. Okay. And okay. I think we've we also have video footage that was sent from Friday night as well. 
just uh, so it's not just a once-off. So, sometime back, I spoke to Father Kevin Mulcahy in Ballymacoda. Do you recall that in May? I he, do, he, the rogue priest. He yes. was also uh, saying Mass through the pandemic. Do we know if, and he's well into his 80s, he said, the church here in Ballymacoda is nearly as big as the cathedral in Cove and have only about a half a dozen people and they can stand yards apart from each other. There's no shaking hands, there's no hugging in here or anything and I keep my distance even when I'm talking to people. We stand apart. I wonder if he has continued, Father Kevin, to say Mass. The well, bishop the uh, bishop wrapped well, him on the knuckles though. He did, he gave he, well, he gave him a hit with the, he knocked him on the head with the crozier and um, <laughs> I think in the last few weeks he's uh, he's been retired uh, he's been retired so he's no longer no longer saying mass uh, whatever masses he will say will be in a, a private capacity so he's no longer um, practicing okay but father ted is continuing to say mass then you were there for 10 o'clock at glanton church uh, he is. I sat right through the whole lot, and uh, as I said, there were eight people, ma- mainly elderly people. I'd say the youngest there would be in her uh, late 50s, early 60s. Does anybody here, whether it's you or whether it's Fiona or anybody listening to this program, think that 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 they have a very uncomfortable feeling about whistleblowing about something like this, where maybe to an elderly person, a visit to the church for Mass is doing no harm, and it's good for their mental health, and that really... For some things in life, we should turn a blind eye. Fiona? Absolutely. I feel awful. I feel like Judas this morning. So why, so why, uh, why are you doing it? Because of my friend, the nurse, to be honest with you. She was so upset during the week and she's been kind of onto, onto me about it. But why is she onto um, about the 150 people outside electric of a Friday night? Well, she... she Take points. She, I'd say she'd be raging now about that as well. I didn't realise that myself, to be honest with you. You know, we're just kind of, I suppose, like myself, we're kind of, you know, keeping ourselves to ourselves and staying home as per government guidelines. And um, other people seem to just be kind of like pushing pushing themselves. Do you know, if you get a chance to have a word with Father Sheehan, I just wanted to give you a little tip maybe to pass on to him, you know. I mean... The weather hasn't been that bad, and they are saying that you can have gatherings outside, you know. Maybe it wouldn't be so bad if we were to go back to the mass rock situations of the 17th century where we had outdoor gatherings. Like, there's even a like a nice outdoor area on, in the church there as well, do you know what I mean? I, I don't know what would be as, as much of a problem if you went outside. Okay, well, if you know? I do get a chance to talk to him, I'll put that point to him. In the past, he didn't yeah. want to come on air, but did issue the statement saying that he was no longer saying mass. Uh, that, of course, now is mm-hmm. an inaccurate statement. But but thank you for that, Fiona. Seamus, you, thanks, Fiona. Yeah. You didn't get to talk to him, no Seamus, no? Um, he's just there now, so I might just go up and have a chat with him, see if he'll actually talk to us on air. Fair play. I'll let you get on with that then. Come back to me. Let me know how you get on. Appreciate it for now. one 850 Seamus Whelan at Langton Church and Fiona uh, by phone. Let me just stay on the phone lines. What are your thoughts on this, guys? Small masses. Uh, should we be turning a blind eye to these and letting people who find them important in their lives just to go to small masses? James? Good morning, uh, Neil. What do you think? I feel very uncomfortable uh, about it at all because it's small amounts of people in huge big churches. Come on. Yes, yes, yeah? of course. I was only watching Mass the other day from Holland on a Sunday, uh, about a week ago, Neil. A Sunday Mass on, on RT News now. They were live. There was 10 people on the, in the, uh, on the altar. About five or six young kids of altar servers and assistant priests. And then there was a quite a good amount of people in the church. The priest went down and gave them communion. And the restrictions on the Catholic Church is the most restricted uh, of all of the Europe, Neil. The restrictions on the Catholic Church here. 
Well, I don't know anything about that. It's the guy. Yes, without shadow of a doubt, Neil, I'm I'm very familiar with the 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 the, 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 the guidelines and gatherings are very um, are very distinct in the sense that they're the same for everybody, whether it's a church. Very strict, very strict. And this lady there who just said that wouldn't be all right for the for the elderly to be standing outside is in the in the wind and the rain, is it? So they get pneumonia. Is that it? Is that what she wants? Thank God she's not my daughter. That's all I say. She said the weather is quite mild these days. Well, it won't be tomorrow and it won't, it won't be, be the day. It won't be tomorrow, I can assure you, Neil. Um, then, uh, should more priests be uh, breaking the guidelines then? Should the bishops come out and back them? Oh, yes. Yes, they should. Yes, indeed. Uh, those churches are very large. They the most, as you know, Neil, the majority of them will be elderly people who will, are willing to take a chance and go to see their Lord because this is the month of November, Neil. Very important for Catholics, Neil, and for elderly people to go and pray for their day, the month of the All Souls. Well, why do you need to go into a church to do that? So you can well, pray to your uh, God at you, home. Don't, uh, I would never tell other people what to do, Neil. What is important to those elderly people, it is very important to yeah, them. But, for, to others, the the, but for others, it could be a gym or to go and work out or play a game of golf or something, you know? Um, like, why would they be treated any well, differently? Don't too many 75-year-olds playing golf, Neil, and all going to gyms, I can assure you. Uh, no, uh, the house of God, it's the God's rules, Neil, not civil law. Simple as that. Okay, all right. Appreciate that. Thanks for the call. Thank you, thank you James. Seamus, any, any luck with the priest? Well, uh, Neil, I just spoke to uh, Father Ted there. Uh, he's not making any comment. He said uh, uh, he found it very uh, disrespectful that uh, we came this morning and that our while he was trying to celebrate Mass, all that we uh, wanted was to check to see uh, how, uh, see the numbers that were there. So I didn't get a, a chance to actually put the case to him that we're in that well that the majority of people are in the opinion that uh, masses should continue and they they should be um not not uh, everybody uh, i mean uh, not like there are those also saying that it's the elderly that everybody has been trying to protect as best possible and that much of the economy is closed down to protect the very people who haven't got the cop on to stay at home and are going to mass the most vulnerable so not everybody you know uh, well, I mean, there's, I, there's, there's, a, there's a big majority out there, Neil. I, I, I think, but yes, I can understand that the people are are worried as well regarding their loved ones. But at the end of the day, you know that that's, uh, that individual has to uh, weigh up the consequences for their, for themselves. But like this morning, uh, mass was very well run. They everybody stayed apart from each other going into the church. They stayed apart coming out. Nobody hung around. They all got into their cars, and as they were driving away, uh, Father Sheehan spoke to them as they wheeled down the window at a, at a so- socially distant. But um, I uh, approached him after the, after I just spoke to you there, and he stormed off, uh, refused to to make any comment, um, and uh, that that's where we are with with, with Father Ted Sheehan this morning. Okay, appreciate it. Thank you. That's uh, Seamus Wheelahan from Glanton Church this morning. Um, can't believe what I'm hearing. Uh, bashing a few pensioners for going to Mass and actually suggesting an outdoor penal Mass as a substitute. Words fail me. Ridiculous. Uh, somebody else is suggesting that if a priest follows, where's that one gone? That if a priest, priest follows the Ten Commandments, uh, if you re- if you read into the Ten Commandments, did the priest deny that he was saying masses? Going back to my bit of primary school lessons, there was one commandment that says, "Thou shalt not bear false witness." 
that's a commandment, I think, isn't it? Um, when the false witness being what? That you would say, I'm not saying mass when you actually are. Back after the break. The Neil Prenderville Show on Twitter at Neil Red FM. A lovely chat yesterday on the program with Patrick Sheedy, who's going through various uh, cancer treatments at the moment, has been in and out of various hospitals for chemotherapy and uh, um, all sorts of therapies like that. And he was saying that when he was in there uh, for lengthy periods of time, there are other people in there for lengthy periods and will be across November and December and some over the Christmas. And he noticed that there was a shortage of tablets and iPads for people to, uh, you know, maybe make Zoom calls and video calls to family, you know, or just to do a bit of Googling online or maybe following news or listen to radio or watch a bit of television on the tablet. He says there's a shortage of them. Um, and he said it'd be great if people uh, maybe had a spare one that they could donate to various hospitals. So just an example of responses on that. Mannix Tile and Bathroom Specialists um, uh, down in Don Manway said they'd like to donate two tablets or iPads to the Mercy Hospital. Uh, Sandra says, I have a Lenovo tablet, which is not even a year old. I'd love to donate it to the Mercy Thanks, love the show. Another one says, I was in that ICU unit uh, some years back and I had the best care and amazing staff in the Mercy. I love that hospital and the staff go above and beyond. I donate to them, no problem. So there's a few tablets that people have said that they will drop in if anybody else would like to do so. Uh, here's the plan. To all of you, Mannix Tile and Bathrooms, to Sandra and to the other person who was in the ICU some years back, just do it. Just bring in the tablet, and I hope that you got a charger with it, because that will make all of the difference. So just do it, and anybody else that would like to do it, just do it. Just bring in the equipment, bring it into the hospital, whether it's the Mercy, or the CUH, or the South Infirmary Victoria, or the Orthopedic, or, orthopedic or wherever. Uh, off you go, and just send me another text then telling me that you have done it. And if there's others out there that would like to also do likewise, text me, text 0868 106, uh, and we'll blast it out on the air. And then just go and do it yourselves rather than giving them to me and then passing them on and what have you. So off you go, and thank you to each and every one of you. Meanwhile, Robert, good morning. Good morning. In all fairness, what? It's just like I, I personally, I, I don't mind what people do during the lockdown, but like for Fiona to even give out about a few pensioners in mass who are causing no harm to anyone, I just think it's a bit ludicrous. Uh, give it out on behalf of her frontline, her frontline worker medic who has been, you know, going through hell for the last eight months trying to save people's lives, etc., etc. Yeah, we all get that, but I'm saying if her friend was so concerned, she should be the one ringing in. Like, I just think, I'm 29 years of age, it, it doesn't even bother me. I'm, I'm, I wouldn't say I'm uh, completely holy or anything like that, but I would think pensioners going to mass is not going to cause anyone harm. Even though they're the very ones that everybody is trying to protect the most, you see, that's what people are saying. because, look, they've made an executive decision themselves. If they they feel like they need to do that, and during this lockdown as well, like we all know it's the winter months, it's darker earlier, you know, the cold weather, you're probably feeling more isolated anyway. And if they made the decision that they're going to mass um, for the month of Holy Souls or, or whatever, and if the priest is you know, they're adults. They, they've all calculated the risks. So if they're going to go, just leave them be. So here's what we do know. We know that people are slipping in and out of gyms. We know that people are slipping in and out of hairdressing salons and they're getting foxes done by hairdressers. We know that pubs are slipping pints out and people are drinking them on the streets of Cork, whether it's Patrick Street, whether it's down the Cold Cay, whether it's uh, areas around um, um, Electric there in the Peace Park or down around... Uh, Sullivan's Key and George's Key. We we all know that's happening, and we also now yeah. know that pensioners are going to mass. So what the pensioners are, what pensioners are doing is not in isolation. There's lots of other people who are also breaking guidelines, right? 
Exactly. Yeah, you can't. You can't just tear every. Like you can't tear them with one brush. We also know that. We also know that people are having gender reveal parties on the north side with thirty people in a front room. We know of others that are having their friends into their house when they should. We know all of this. Yeah. Yeah, and I think I think as well. Like we're not all innocent in this, but I think from what people have experienced last lockdown and because it was so harsh on people, and that was during the summer when people were, you know. People were more willing to wait for walks because it was sunnier, you know, the nights were longer and stuff like that. People have seen what they've experienced the first time around and then they're probably saying, okay, we've done it before and it was extreme and, you know, it could have been damaging to our mental health and our family and stuff like that. But I think this time around, people are aware that, and, you know, with regards to the virus and stuff, people have seen it firsthand now. They kind of get around, it. So they can... They, and say, look, I'm I'm an adult. I know if I if I go in town and get a you know a hot toddy from one of the pubs in town, like I'm not going to go straight to my nan's house. I'm not going to, you know what I mean? I'm going to, you know. Th- oh, yeah, but hang on a second. If you have your hot toddies and your your sink and pints on Patrick Street with your mates and you're hanging out in groups, and they are. I mean, I know of people that are. I know yeah. people who are going for pints. Let me be honest about it. I know it. And what happens when they go home then? I mean, I know, like, in the bad old days, what would have been a bad day in Cork? 150, tiny amount of people testing positive, 150. And and now yesterday it's 12. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, people know that, like... Exactly, this- but pe- people are, car- I think people are carrying on, but with a level of respect and responsibility for others. And, you know, I think if they're, if they're, if they're going out and they're doing that, then... They, I, I would assume that people are being respectful and, and you know, not mixing. I would, I would say even with the, the rules that are in place, people are probably looking at them saying, okay, it's, it'll curve. It'll, like, you know, you can see the, you can see the, the test results coming out. It's, uh, it's curving them all right and it's bringing them down because people are obeying it. But I think. But it's not so much about that. All of the things that I described that are happening. Others yeah. aren't doing it, and they're looking on, saying, "What's the point when there are so many people who just don't give a damn? Why am I bothering?" I know, but we we've seen we've seen this time and time again now since the start of the summer, and you have people tweeting, "Oh, I'm not allowed to see my grandparents, but yet ex person down the road um, having a house party." Yeah, yeah. We, like do you know, I just think this stage everyone has been doing something. No, I don't. I I, I do commend, like you know, people have rigidly stuck to everything since day one but I'm saying everyone's getting fed up now as well okay. of the opposing okay. side saying if you want to see your grandparents you make the executive decision now yourself like if you're if you're if you're say if someone was in the whole time and hasn't mixed with anyone but you're there saying I can't I can't visit my nana and granddad well I'm like I, I personally think in that that sense if you have been inside and you want to see your nana and granddad go visit them because you you haven't mixed with anyone, you haven't done such and such. So see them. And well, you know, look, you again, you are entitled to that opinion, but it is against guidelines. I'm just saying that. Oh, can no, I, so I know it's against guidelines. Okay. But and just, well, just like, fi- okay, so just finally, do you believe that if pensioners want to go to Mass, priests should just get on with it and say Mass? Yeah, Neil, I'm not even, I'm not even holy in the slightest, but I'm just saying, for God's sake, like, okay. they're, they're old, it's they're probably their one bit of getaway all day. It's miserable enough around Christmas. It's statistically a depressing time of year for most people. For God's sake, they're not harming anyone. And like you said, whoever your correspondent fellow is down a match. Shame like, 
Seamus, like, tell Seamus, drive off, like, no one needs to be watching all people oh, what oh, they're I mean, doing, like. <laughs> I sent you, it's I sent, it's I sent Seamus down there, in fairness. And, and what of, what of Fiona, I think you said Fiona must be very good at parties, is it? I bet Fiona will never get invited to a party again. I just think Fiona, go away, like, All right, leave okay. alone. Thanks, like, Robert. Have you better, but like, honestly, have you better things to be doing than complaining about a few old fellas getting communion and getting the body of Christ? Yeah, yeah, there? tell somebody who lost somebody to COVID-19. Tell somebody that who's lost their job, you know. I get what you're saying. Maybe there are some things you'd be just yeah, allowed. People, you know, on the COVID payments who are out of work. And I don't think these... These Joe Souls are, are, they're not going to say, right, come on, we're all going to and stuff now as a group together. Like, they're old, like, just leave them alone. All right, thanks for that. Appreciate it, Robert. Text 0868104106 on hairdressing and barbers. Uh, yesterday, we on the program, we had some people who were saying that hairdressers and barbers that have academies are pretty much open for business and are advertising for customers. If it's good for hairdressers and barbers to have the public coming into an open environment, then the argument should be for restaurants to open as the guidelines followed in that trade are very stringent. Uh, Mick Moriarty, the baldy barber, is spot on. It's not right. Whatever about hairdressers in the city, there's a barber shop on every corner of the city and suburbs. Very soon, there'll be no more barbers uh, than heads at this rate, says Don. Yeah, there was never more barbers. Listen to your conversation about hairdressers. Can you explain why would a barber who believes that all establishments should be closed go on the phone to another barber or hairdresser to arrange an appointment? Uh, to me, it's a very insidious thing to do. Well, I think he made the call to try and get the booking to prove that he could get a booking of barbers. The hairdressing trade is bustling away whilst it's not in the salon. Many have small makeshift salons at home now or shed-like salons and the people who run them are making more money than ever. Uh, this is also the case for barbers who are working from home and doing foxers. Anthony says, this is where the closing of certain essential shops is causing problems. COVID does not respect educational courses. When I went, and when I went to a hairdresser in level three, it was very well done. It was one person at a time inside, and uh, I could not have felt any safer. I often wonder how could a salon or a barber make money on one person in the bill in the business at any time. This is only, there's only so much you can practice on a mannequin, you know, with regards to doing a barber or a hairdressing court course. The hair doesn't grow back on the dummy. No, I don't know how they do that. Maybe they just replace the wig. Uh, the baldy barber is right. We have to do everything. We have to do every last thing we can to stop the spread. It's only for a few weeks more, for God's sake. The barbers and the hairdressers will make so much money and will be able to train their students in plenty of time. Lockdown is only for another few weeks. Stay safe, says Dave. And on checkpoints, I too was stopped on the McCroom Road at the Ovens Bar. We were always asked, what is the purpose of your journey by the Gardaí? As if it's not obvious with two kids in uniforms in the car. We are late for school then, and when I head home, I'm asked again, where am I heading? A few times I've rolled the window down, and they expect me to say where I'm going. I've chosen to just sit there and say nothing, until the guards ask reasons for why they stopped me. Uh, there are checkpoints every day, morning, noon and night at the McCroom graveyard. And without a doubt, the guards stop everyone and ask where they're going. I've never got waved on since the checkpoints started, says James. He, in the sense he's saying, everyone is stopped and everybody is asked uh, where you're going, where you come from. That's at the graveyard. Across the road, actually, is where the um, uh, asylum seeker and refugee centre is in the old hotel. And that attracted an awful lot of attention last week and over the past 10 days by callers to this program that men are putting up in their cars and some of the female residents are running out and engaging in paid for sex acts. There was a big response to that, which I 
may well come back to hopefully before midday. But for now, back after the break. This is the Neil Prenderville Show. Tweet the show at Neil Red FM. 104 to 106 Red FM. Speaking about toys that are worth big money, I was talking on the air about a big bag of uh, Star Wars toys that sold for just under half a million. Lovely texts on this. Tom said, speaking of old Christmas toys, do you remember in the film Home Alone, the boy used a thing called a talk boy? No, I must have dozed off for that part. It was like a Walkman cassette player, but could also record your voice. Oh, yes. He set that up, didn't he, for the two characters uh, that were trying to get into the house? But I found my one, my talk boy. Santa gave it to me in 1990, says Tom. Don't know if it's worth any money. They would need to be brand new and still in the box. People buy toys online because it's cheaper and they're delivered to your door. With COVID, people won't wait for toy shops to open again in case the toys they want are all gone. It's as simple as that. Morning, the first Barbie that was released is now selling at auction for around $40,000. Anybody out there with a first edition still in the box Barbie? Um, better than putting your money in the bank or stocks and shares. Some things are actually classic cars, wine, whiskey, uh, toys. I'm trying to buy Irish and local this year. Last week I bought three items that cost me 10 euro for delivery. Purchased another item last night, Fiverr delivery. If you buy outside of Ireland, you can get free delivery. It's disappointing. But in spite of that, well, I will continue to buy here in Ireland as much as I can anyway. Well, fair play. Even if it's an extra couple of bob and you can afford the extra couple of bob, it's as good to try and buy Irish, buy in Ireland, or buy from websites in Ireland. Isn't it true? Uh, anyway, text 0868104106. A lot of people then talking about putting up their Christmas trees and a big response to that. Also a big response to the fact that I played a Christmas tune on air yesterday. But you know the jogging versus the buggies. That's very funny um, as to whether or not buggies should buggy pushers should cop themselves on when it comes to people trying to jog alongside him. I'm on the side of the lycra-clad runners on this one. When they pay their money to challenge their personal bests on private running tracks, the last thing they should have to put up with is a buggy pushing mother hogging the inside lane. These are not private running tracks. These are paths. Footpaths are not running tracks, nor are they cycle tracks. Priority is for pedestrians always. If they want time trials while jogging, join a club and do the trials on a running track, as in leave the buggies to mothers pushing babies. It's very interesting because I don't know if you've been down the marina lately. Uh, I have from time to time and, you know, in the past I would cycle there. But uh, I think it was on, was it on Saturday or was it on Sunday? It doesn't matter which day because I was cycling both. But at one stage I was down around Black Rock on the bike and it was my intention to come around by Blackrock Castle, which I did, down into Blackrock Village and cycle down the marina. Well, I got maybe 10 or 15 feet down the marina and looked down ahead of me and it was just a wall and a sea of people. I saw some other people on fairly, fairly high-spec racing bikes and in some cases there was two or three of them together. And I would humbly suggest at this stage that it's probably not a good thing for bikes to be on the marina because certainly on the weekends, it's just black with people. It's just jammed. It's like match day. And I really don't think that it's safe because some of the kids, you can't keep an eye on all sorts of toddlers at different ages because they're, you know... They're preoccupied, so you can't ask their parents to hold on to them all of the time. So I would think what I did then was, after about 10 or 15 yards, I just turned around and cycled back out and went up through Blackrock Village. I just said, 
this is just not safe. They're just my thoughts on it anyway. Your thoughts are welcome. Um, I was talking about people who uh, might end up buying Christmas cards that say Happy Christmas in Cork, particularly in local post offices where the actual Christmas cards are printed in the UK. No disrespect now to our neighbours across the water. They're probably quaking enough as it is when it comes to, to Joe Biden. I can't stop playing this thing. It's great fun. This is he rubbing his hands with glee of what's to come. But anyway, the only reason I mention it is you can buy lots of cards that are actually for Christmas and printed here in Cork. And just as a shout out, and if anybody else is doing it, do let me know. But I got a lovely card in the post. It says, Neil, greetings from Skibbereen. Listen to show and I heard about Christmas cards. Here are a few samples of Skibbereen and West Cork cards that we produce right here. We can do cards from whatever area you live in. Uh, regards, stay safe. Rita, stay safe, stay local and shop local. They're a company called Inspire, www.inspire.ie. You want to check them out online, they will print and design your own Christmas cards for you. It would be a good thing. Uh, I know I've said this kind of half-heartedly in years gone by, but it would be a very good thing this year to send Christmas cards, wouldn't it? Good old-fashioned Christmas cards. And the ones they sent me are a pack of greetings from West Cork, which I clearly can't use to send on to anybody else because it would look kind of daft if I sent these Christmas cards out to somebody who's down in West Cork. So if you are listening in West Cork and you would like me to send on these cards to you, I will give them away on the air instead and post them down to you. So text on that. Uh, we'll come back and pick it up in the morning. Okay, in about 40 minutes' time, we'll draw our first winner for our Walk Your Way Out of Lockdown with Tesco. It's to celebrate the reopening of Douglas Village Shopping Centre. That happens on Thursday. People ask me, what time on Thursday? Uh, I don't know, but I will find out. Uh, and I hope to take, talk with Bartos on the air tomorrow. He's the manager of the centre, just to bring us up to date. So to celebrate the reopening Douglas Village Shopping Centre on Thursday. I've got a thousand euro worth of Tesco gift cards to give away. Hundred euro a day. So I want you, as you do your daily walk, take a screen grab of your total. Uh, the secret to this is uh, not necessarily the person who walks the furthest, right? In fairness, that would be wrong, okay? Because some people are limited in the amount they can do. So it's not to be given it to the person who's walked the longest. But just to do yourself a favor, uh, wait till the end of the day before you send me the screen grab and your numbers will be very up and I'll give you a shout out then. A lot of people have been surpassing their daily totals. You know the way you can set yourself a goal like if you say, I'm going to walk 5,000 and you walk 10, then you're 100% past your goal. So take a screen grab um, of um, of the steps you've walked and send it by WhatsApp to me to 0868104106. And loads and loads of people have. I gave a lot of shout outs earlier on this morning and we'll pick our first winner just before midday. And then tomorrow we'll do it all over again with those of you that continue to walk and get healthier and get out there and walk within your 5K Walk your way out of lockdown for 100 euro Tesco vouchers. So good luck on that. For all of the business, one eight fifty one zero four one zero six. Wow, I read out an email yesterday morning from Louise in the UK and we had an awful lot of fun in sport with regards to it. Certainly when it came to the potato pies. Anyway, I got uh, Louise by phone from the UK and she joins me live on air. Louise, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are Some you? Some well, and so thank you for that. We got a lot of fun out of it yesterday. <laughs> I, I, I don't know how much of a surprise it will continue to be because we've spoken about it on the air for your husband. It's um, okay, he's at work. Okay, so he, he's not listening. Okay. No. So, okay. So we've sorted the spiced beef, okay? Oh, fantastic. Um, and I believe that, I hope to talk to Tom Durkin in a few minutes' time. I believe that I'll be able to put some Murphy's chipper potato pies in with the spiced beef 
to get it to get it to what were the other things you're looking and and just tell us this is a family tradition that normally happens and you do it yourself is it yeah, well, this is, we, we've been here almost 10 years now, and this is the first year we can't get home, unfortunately, like most people, I'm sure, it's, it's, it's very difficult. So my husband has some family traditions that, God rest his mother, they, she used to have every year. Yeah. So ever since he's a child, he's got these Jacob's chalk mallows, they're in a, a, a blue box, and I even wrote to Jacob's to see, could they send some over, or could I buy them, or whatever, and unfortunately they don't, they don't send them to the UK, you only get them in Ireland. Um, yeah, are they a metal box or a cardboard box? Forgive cardboard me. Cardboard box. They're blue Jacob's chalk mallows. And uh, why a, they only come out at Christmas? Do they? They only come out at Christmas. That's it. You only can get them at Christmas. That's it. For me, every Christmas, what I love for, looking forward to is the chocolate Kimberly that only come out at Christmas. Do you know them, fellas? I do. Yeah, yeah. You can buy those online over here. Um, but it, it's these ones he's had since he's a child, and okay. for love nor money, I can't, I can't get them over. And are they here? Like, in do you know yeah, that people can buy them in Super Value or Duns or whatever? Okay. All right. Well, I'll send some. I'll send a scout out today on that. All right. <laughs> now, talk to me about talk to me about the potatoes. The potato crisps. Yeah. yeah. Um, they're kind of they're like a bit of gold dust over here. You get the te- the Northern Ireland potatoes, all right. But potatoes, you can. I had a look. I emailed Tato to see could we buy a box off them. Unfortunately, due to trading standards, they don't send them to the UK. So you telling me the stuff over there? If you did a taste comparison, they're different, are they? Completely different. Yeah. Completely, completely different. different. Well, I think they're completely different. Anyway, you have you the Northern Ireland ones. They're in kind of a yellow bag, um, but you can't get the Tato potatoes as they say there's nothing like an El Tato sandwich yeah I know what you're saying sometimes it just doesn't work when they make it somewhere else with different poppies or whatever so it's cheese and onion is it? cheese and onion potatoes yeah how many? whatever anything at all <laughs> Yeah, I'm getting, my mind is thinking, how much can I get into Tom Dorkin's box? <laughs> can I get the chocolate mallows in there and maybe six packets of cheese and onion? <laughs> <laughs> you probably could with a squeeze, I'd say. So the spiced beef is sorted, and oh, certainly, amazing. and certainly the potato. Pie. Why potato pies? I don't. It's just a, it's just a tradition that the not on Christmas Day, obviously uh, Stephen's Day or Boxing Day that we call it over here now. Um, it's just a traditional thing that we they they had. So I'm trying to trying to make it a little bit special because only the two of us this year. So I'm just trying to make it a little. Would bit there special. be normally more than that, like kids or something? Is it? Well, we would normally be home, so oh, okay. our families are at home. So it's only just the two of us over here, um, and it's been a, as we all know, it's not been the best of years. So, so. it'll be a small turkey then, will it? It'll be a small turkey with the same homemade grandmother's stuffing recipe that I've used every year, etc. So we'll still do all of that. It's just the home comforts that you tend to miss. I know what you're saying. Well, listen, you put pen to paper or you sent me the email. I mean, that's why I was kind of interested in maybe helping you out. The stuffing then, will it be bread stuffing or potato and thyme and chopped onion stuffing? Which? It's potato, thyme, chopped onion and sausage meat. Thanks, but Oh, what are you putting sausage meat in there for? My grandmother used to do it, so it's just kind of a bit of a, a family thing. That a bit of a twist on it. Okay, yeah, all right. Yeah, always do. Okay, so we're, we're nearly there then, yeah? Okay, we're nearly there. Thank you. Let, let, hang, hang on a second, because the best spiced beef in Cork is Tom Durkin's at the English Market. Tom, like, yeah. Tom, good morning. Morning, Neil. How are you? Actually, a buddy of mine in New York, Tom McCarthy, he's got a few pubs out there. He was on to me last night wondering, do you send spiced beef to America? <laughs> I would love to, but I'm not allowed. Why aren't you allowed? The, the FSDA in America won't allow any beef products into America. Where can you send it? Everywhere but there? Can you send it to Australia, for instance? 
No, Australia, New Zealand, Canada and the US are the four problems. Anywhere else in the world we can send them. So what do Irish expats in America do for a bit of spiced beef at Christmas? Uh, I send quite a few of them over just spice and they try making it themselves over there. You send them the recipe or the spices? Just the spices. I might send him that so but 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 anyway listen uh, I hope the lads brought you up to speed with regards to Louise because she wants some of your Blossna Heron award winning spiced beef can you send it I mean how does it go how does it travel okay I can I will put that in a cooler box with ice blocks she'll give me her name and address and postcode and I will have delivered in about 48 hours to her well, and now, anything, if she wants the rest of the Christmas dinner in the box, we've stuffed that in there. Well, well. can you put in um, half a dozen potato pies? Um, uh, I don't know, would you get in a box of Jacob's chocolate mallows, maybe a selection of them, and a few bags of Tato? No problem. Oh, my God. Result? No, nothing's a problem. Result. So, all I need to do with this now, Louise, is to give Tom Durkin your address. <laughs> That's it. Thank you so much, Tom. Much You're very welcome, Louise. Thank you so if you, much. If you call in to me, Louise, and give me address, the address, the postcode, and the phone number of where it's going to, and bring whatever you want to put into the box. She can't know because she's I'm in, in the UK. She's, she, where, you're in London, are you, Louise? I'm in Surrey. In Surrey. Okay. So, 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 we'll swap the details and the address and the postcode. But I need to get my skates on and get the the potatoes and the chocolate mallows. No, if you do the shopping, I'll do the postage. Perfect. Job done. Result. Listen, Louise. Before I let you go, you wouldn't fancy trying the new potatoes, turkey, and stuffing crisps, no? Oh, sure, why not? Why not? I never heard of them, but yeah, why not? I'll send, you, I'll send you a selection. You come back to me with a photograph when it arrives, all right, Louise? I will, of course. Thank you so much for all your help. Happy Christmas, kiddo. Oh, cheers. Take care. Stay Take safe. care. You too. Take care. Result. Where's all? Tom, how's business? Good? Business is good. Thank God the orders are coming in online fast and furious, thankfully. Okay. Uh, Keep us going in this weather, it's okay. So for people that want to send something overseas now, what's the time scale that's left and what kind of charges of money are we talking about? Okay, anywhere in Ireland is 950. In the UK is 1950. Now, depending on the Netherlands, would be about 29 euros. It goes up. The further you go, the price goes up. But um, the basic one for England is 1950. And individual countries, then I could give you a different price on anyone. Now, we in the past have given away meat boxes and hampers that had spiced beef, but it also had steak in there and lots of other beautiful cuts. Um, is that is that what you're doing as well? Do people want more than just the spiced beef? Oh, yeah. I just sent one off to the Netherlands there this morning. You know, there's lamb chops in it, there's rib beef on the bone, there's strip loin steaks. It comes to everything. Beef, lamb, pork, bacon, we can send anything. Fantastic. So if people want further details, is there a website or do they just call in or a phone number or what? Just Google Tom Durkin Meats and you'll find my website. Fair play. Okay. All right. I'll do the other bit of shopping then and we'll get the address and the postcode in, in, code in Surrey. And Bob's your uncle and Fanny's your aunt. All right? Perfect job, no problem. I look forward to it. Okay. And thanks for coming on board on that. And good luck to everybody in this market. Open for business as always. Thanks, Tom. Thanks a million, Neil. Cheers. Cheers. Talk to Neil Printerville now. 1851-04106. Red FM. Ah, yes. Spice beef to America. Andrew Fitzgerald's in the USA and he says, America, don't talk to me. Trump supporters, don't talk to me. He says, all they care about is uh, me, myself and I and what I can put in my back pocket. Law and order, as Trump calls it. Uh, They say put everybody in jail. On immigrants, they complain about them saying taking the jobs of the Americans. Can we not get Americans to do that job? 
They say the right to defend yourself, 32 million first-time gun buyers since April. 32 million first-time gun buyers since April. Trump touted that the Democrats will take away your guns, remember? And the other one is abortion. It's a still, big, still a big issue here in America, and Trump is very much pro-life. When it comes to COVID-19, it doesn't matter as no matter who the president is, they'd have all made the same mistakes. Andrew in America says, that's the reality. I have no clue how political commentators both here and back home keep getting it wrong and really don't understand the American mindset. Meanwhile, Tig was picking up on some of those topics with regards to what Con Kremen had to say about Trump. He says, I don't mind people having their point of view and reason to support Trump or not. But this fella came out with some absolute rubbish. He said Trump doesn't treat women badly and feminism is, feminism is gone out of order. Well, he's wrong. He said Trump is a gentleman. Wrong again. He said God caused the bushfires in California. Wrong. He's entitled to his opinion, but mother of God, he is spewing desperate stuff without any proof or evidence. Trump is a shining light. All I can say to that is, mother of God, he's talking absolute bull. Trump is a racist, a bigot, and totally disgusting as a human being. And that's tied by email to neil at uh, redfm.ie. So I'll get through a lot of other texts and emails between now and quitting time. But I know it's a bit of a bugbear of mine, but I find it absolutely nuts that you would buy a Christmas card from Cork that says, uh, Happy Christmas in Cork. And look at the back of it, it says, Printed in the UK. Good God, are there not enough companies and designers and printers who could do it here and we would support them instead? Patrick Collins is Managing Director of Collins Print and Packaging in Dublin Hill. Patrick, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you like, doing? Well, I'm good, thanks. But what the hell is going on like that you would see in post offices, Happy Christmas in Cork and a photograph of the Cork location or what have you and printed in the UK? Why? Um, I don't know. Is it prices? I don't know. I, there's, there's more than enough companies here in Cork to be able to print Christmas cards anywhere from 5,000, 100,000. There's more than enough companies, and I'm not plugging myself. I'm, I'm plugging all print industry. I mean, I've, I've uh, the same, I, I had the same, same conversation with, with, with uh, another station a few years ago in regards, in regards to a certain publication that was being sent to England as well, and there was more... There was more than enough companies, not only in Cork, to be able to do it. Was this a, was this um, uh, some publication, a magazine, newspaper, or something that was being it printed? Was a very, it was a very popular, very popular pu- publication that that's, that spread out, out um, in Ireland every year, and it was it was sent to England to be printed. To be printed, yeah. And it could have been published and printed here. It could have been published and printed here, yeah. And is it still being printed overseas? Uh, that I'm not sure about, but at the time when I was being interviewed, I asked the question, and it was me moved aside. I said, fine, if you're going for prices, go fine, go for prices. But I said, you have more than enough companies here regarding Christmas cards. There's more than enough companies here in Cork doing it um, if you want to turn around. And uh, throughout Ireland, the companies are bigger and bigger again. But there's no reason why Christmas cards should be sent outside of Ireland whatsoever. It's a, it's a joke. It's a joke. It really is a joke. You're trying to keep, keep, jobs, keep jobs in Ireland, keep jobs in Cork. I mean, I mean, it's, 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 the quality is perfect, everything, and, 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 and no matter who you get to print here, out of, out of, in Cork alone, there's probably three or four places that can But clearly them. the reason must be price then. Obviously price. it is price. Obviously it is price. Yes, it is. You know, that, 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 that's all I can think. That's the only reason I can think it is. But I mean, if you're selling, if you're selling cards, Neil, in Cork, why can't you give, I mean, the people of Cork are spending it. Why can't they spend it on, on, a, on a printer in Cork? 
you know, that, that, that's, that's all I'd be saying. And per- perhaps they would, and maybe some of them think that they are until they actually study the back of it. But really the call-out is to companies who are buying bulk orders to sell them on then in packs of 10 or whatever to look to Irish. That's, that's all it is. And all you have to do is look, look on the back of the card. Most backs of cards, most printing now, magazines, brochures, all that type of stuff, which I'm sure you're well aware of, you can find where they're printed and when everything else... You know, and it's, 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 I mean, have a look, see that if, if it's a printer in Dublin Hill, if it's a printer in Little Island, if it's a printer on wherever. So should people be asking then, are these Cork cards that I'm well, buying this if, Christmas? If they're, if they're published, if, the, if they're advertising them as Cork cards, why can't they turn around and have a look where they've been printed and say, yes, if they're Cork cards, they should be printed in Cork. Okay, somebody says here by text, Collins print in Dublin will make the best Cork Christmas cards ever. Why do you make the best? Describe them to me. Well, we're given to, we give, we give high quality, we give high quality to the quality board. If people come up and ask, ask for us, we just done 20,000 cards for Crowd and Blackpool there recently. 20,000 cards with the same front on them, is it? No, no, no. What are, 20,000 well, 20, 20, 20, Christmas cards. They had four different designs. We designed four different designs for them. What were they? And they were for churches down here in, in Blackpool. No, but what's on the front of the card? Is it their own church? No, no, it's not. It's four. It's four different designs of this. There's, I think, two of cribs, one of of um, a, a, a picture of of a Christmas of Cork, as far as I'm aware. Ah, that's what I'm talking about. That would be lovely. A crib is a crib. That could be anywhere in the world. But uh, an old photograph of Cork on the front page of a Christmas card, the front that would be lovely. You know, I mean, all you do is you turn around. I mean, Neil, you can go on to. Uh, you get a picture of, of the operas, you get a picture of anywhere in Cork, you get a picture of the rivers. There's so many Cork pictures out there that you can turn around, be it you, you, you download it, be it you take it yourself, make it Christmassy. That's all it is. I no, mean, could, that, would, like, I know that Inspire in West Cork would do individual orders, but if, say, somebody wanted small orders, like 50 or 30, I mean, are they too yeah. small to be bothered with? They're not, no, because I mean, I mean, what, what, you turn around now, it's gone to, gone to digital printing. So if you turn around and out of, you want 50 cards, you want 50 cards of a picture of the river and, and the opera house. And I'm just using that as an example. You can turn around, fine, get the picture, doll it up, whatever inside you want, whatever greeting you want to put into it. That's all it is. It's just straightforward. So how much money would you be talking for something like that, a oh. job like that? Oh, Neil, you mean in the spot now? Um... Would you be talking two euro a card, three euro a card, one euro? If you're, you're ta- you're, for argument's sake, if you turn around and wanted 50 cards, I'm only guessing off the top of my head to design and print 120, 150 quid. Okay, but like that. then we... Per- I, that, that's ballpark. And no, that I mean, would be personal to you then with whatever you wanted made. Oh, well, that, that's, that's virtually, if you turn around, if you send me, if you send me a Red FM, if you send me a Red FM picture in the morning of a Christmas thing, you turn around and say, fine, Pat, you want 50, 100, 200, I'll price you accordingly. Of course, the, 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 the more quantity... You get the cheaper the, it gets. The, the, the cheaper it gets, but I mean, um, there's no, uh, and I'm one of many in Cork that can do that, Neil. Yeah. And I mean, I know Inspire down in down in, in Skibbereen, they they specialise in a lot of short runs. We can do the big runs as well. That's, yeah. the, that's the difference, you know. So for people who want bigger runs and that, they're of it. They can be done in Cork. They're, they're available, and they're there are available many printers who do them, including the bigger and the smaller. Yeah. Okay, well, let me give out details. Are you online then, or what's the story? You probably have a website. We're online, or even contact sales at collinsprint.ie. Okay, thanks, Patrick, and good luck this Christmas. Appreciate Thank you, Neil. Thank you Take very care. much. Back after the break on 1850. 
1850 104 106. Text 0868 104 1850 and then the authorities can't stop a house party. There are other ways of checking if wrongdoing is going on and maybe a troublesome neighbour or relative could be just causing trouble with the phone call to social welfare. Also, I do think COVID is being used by the government as a watching and controlling tool. Morning, I know someone who's a single mother. They haven't a notion of ever getting married to their child's father. They're claiming everything under the sun. They're back and forth to the partner's house too. They also have a holiday home on top of all of that. The system is nothing more than a complete joke. So a selection of texts there on that from earlier in the week. There's a lot then on a cashless society and a lot more then on uh, amazing the things you get huge responses to bus fares. Apparently it's the oldest trick in the book given a 20 or a 50 to the bus driver. They give the 50 hoping the bus driver lets him on for free. People should have the exact change full stop, pay the driver, sit down and shut up. The golden rule of of driving, uh, of a driving job is dealing with the public was to look after women. My ma'am got on the wrong bus twice last year. She has dementia. The Irish guy said tough and he drove her back up to town. The second time it happened, a different driver who was Polish did a detour and dropped her home to Carrigaline. What a sound bloke he was. Yeah, it's always nice to do the right thing, isn't it? Even if it takes you, it takes you out of the way. Uh, lots on that. And oh, still reams on well, I just do one quick, if you don't mind, on jogging versus buggies. I would always get out of the way on paths for people with buggies or anyone, actually, if I'm running. But I know a lot of runners who don't and who are completely oblivious to other road users. I used to run with a guy and we'd be running side by side. And if there was someone coming towards us, I'd slow to try to fall in behind him to give way to the person coming towards us. But he would slow down so I couldn't drop in behind him. I then tried to speed up to go ahead of him, you know, to get a single file going. And he'd speed up, speed up. He was insistent that at all times we ran side by side. Anyone coming towards us then would have to get out of our way. He did it with the elderly. He did it with people with children. I used to be mortified. I used to come to an abrupt stop to let the person coming towards us pass. It was the only way as he wouldn't let us run one behind the other. There are several women in a club I was also in who used to barge through people when running in groups. I was on the committee and we had to continuously bring this up as we had complaints about this. these women in club gear being rude to the public. There's also a guy in the club who runs in the middle of the road even if there's a footpath and no pedestrians. He holds up traffic on both sides. He's running and acting like as if in the Olympics with a stream of traffic behind him, fuming. He's a joke in town. I can see why people have issues with runners. As a runner myself, I'm ashamed of some people's behavior. Please know that it's not all of us. Most of our clubs are so polite when running, but the odd few just give us a bad name. Thank you for that. I was running along with you there in that text in my mind. Do you ever say it to your buddy, though, the running buddy? Listen, you got to cop on. we got to do this differently or I'm not going to run with you anymore. Did you ever think about doing that? Anyway, Mick is standing by. So is Lisa. Lisa, good morning. 
Hi Neil, how are you? Okay, I'm well. Now we were down at Glountown Church there, but the priest, Father Ted, wouldn't talk to us. He got a bit annoyed. And what he didn't know is that by and large we're kind of on his side. So that's that's you know, at least somebody talking up for half a dozen parishioners going into mass at ten o'clock on a on a Tuesday morning. But you want to speak up for the children, I- is it? I think, no, I, my point really is I, I actually don't support the lockdown. I, just, I don't think it works. I don't believe in it. You know, we'll have to keep locking down because, you know, when it opens back up, everything will go on as normal. The virus will be back. So I, what, I, what I would love to see, Neil, is on maybe an RT, a debate with Tony Houlihan. You know, he's so confident and he's telling us all how to behave and what to do. Maybe have a debate with Professor Dolores Carl that was on your radio station a few weeks. You were out, I think, at the time. Yeah, it was Mick, but she was on it. very interesting. You know, I'd like to see another perspective. I think we're just being pushed with the one. I I believe there was an awful lot of anger following that. Uh, Conversations with certain individuals can be very divisive and and she's amongst them. But it's important that people's voices are heard. You just said there um, that it's not working. But yes, there were 265 positive cases yesterday and only one death and 12 positive cases. Yeah, I'm also looking into that and even on the New York Times, they have printed that the tests aren't working. So I... I just, I'm fascinated by the whole thing, Neil. I'm, I'm actually, I'm kind of quite upset about human rights, really. You know, I think our rights are after being taken away from us. I just, I feel, where are the teachers? Are any of them going to speak out about what's so happening what, to children l- in l- the schools? I don't want to just turn into COVID FM because I'm desperate to try and move away from it. But what would you do differently? I'd have maybe, as I said, a debate. No, no, but what, forget about it. Let, let's say if there could be changes made. What would you suggest should happen, you? What would I suggest would happen? Um, I think everything should go back to normal. If I'm honest, I think everything should go back to normal. Okay. I, do, I, I think it's an awful lot of scaremongering going on on the news. You know, the stay safe, new normal. And it's, you know, it's frightening people. And I don't think we need to get out and frightened at all about it. Okay, so everything goes That's back to normal you. then, and let's say that numbers start to go up and the ICU yeah, gets Yeah, well, I mean, swamped. the numbers will have to go up. You know, as I said, the testers, there lots of professors and things are coming out now, um, doctors for truth and that, saying that it's not a pandemic at all, that mm. we don't really need to worry, it's the flu. So, mm. you know, I'd like to see a debate. That's what I'd like to see. Mm. And then I could make up my mind. But I'm you, not an expert on it. But while but you don't think, agree with it, you're following the protocols with regards to masks and 5K and stuff like that, are you? Yeah, well, um, I just don't, I don't think it's... No, the reason I'm asking is because a lot of people aren't. They're saying, nah, that's not for me anymore. No, I've done that yeah, once. Yeah, well, I'm not know. listening to Tony Holin, if I'm honest. No, I'm not listening yeah. to him. I'm, I'm not. If yeah. I'm honest, I'm not. I just don't... I'm kind of worn out now from the same Yeah, story. and I agree you with know? you. A lot of people are... I've, we've all moved away yeah. from sitting down watching the 6-1 and prime time yeah. and yeah. all yeah. of the different medics that are older. mongering and, you know, I mean, it hasn't been... You know, if you listen to some of the Barrington Agreement or something, you know, in England that they came out, they said the same thing. There's no need for all the scaremongering. There's no need for social distancing or masks. And I'm just wondering what's it really about. I'm actually worried where we're but going. You, but at the same time, the distancing and the wearing of masks has seen the numbers drop. Yeah, but I mean, no one is, there's not many people dying from it, Neil, you know? Yeah, because the numbers are low and getting lower. Yeah, but the, I don't know, has there, you know, some of the scientists are saying there hasn't been many deaths anyway. So you think this is just about control, yeah. is it, or brainwashing? Yeah, or? well, I think, look, look, okay. like, our, and when you look, when you look online, you'll see all the protests that are going on all over Europe, and we're not being shown any of that. Mm. You know, whereas, like, 
I, I, there's one, um, I'm just wondering, like, even for human rights lawyers, they seem to be very quiet. The only person I came across now is Tracy O'Mahony that's kind of talking about our rights. Because we have rights, you know, and they're being taken away for us, from us uh, over something that's not as, as serious as they thought at the start. Well, it's not long now to get to a vaccine, so that's got to be good news, right? Well, I won't be taking a vaccine. Oh, you won't take that either? Okay. No, I well, would be. Fa- I'm well, actually looking at an article there now, Pfizer, to pay out 50 million after deaths to Nigerian children in 2009, you know, so I won't be taking a that's vaccine. A, that's an unconnected issue to COVID, though. Yes, but still, I wouldn't. Why would I, I, I just don't feel the need to, you know. I don't think I'm at risk from it. So Do you know, I would you get an old flu jab heading into the winter or no, nothing like that, no? No, no. No, I'm not anti-vaccine, but I, I wouldn't, I just don't feel the need for it. You know, if I get the flu, I get the flu. I get over it, you know, but I wouldn't be taking vaccines. That won't be happening anyway. And do you think that there'll be another big discussion about those who will and won't take the vaccine? When yeah, I think they're trying to divide the... people, you know, even yeah. complaining about masks. Come on. Well, you know, like, so what? Like, if people want, we should be allowed to practice our faith. If that gives solace to people, why aren't they allowed to be in the church? I, I just don't... Well, well, there are tiny numbers in a huge church. Yeah, I and I just, I just my gut feeling, Neil, is there something going on? I don't know, but I'm, I just feel that there's too much control and there's too many laws. You know, our right to freedom, even to protest. Okay. Or yeah. express our opinions and, like, everything is censored on when you want to look up anything, everything is censored of anyone's other opinion, the other side of Nefes. So, you know, it's scary. Okay, well, thanks for your views this morning. Appreciate it, Lisa. Take care. Cheers. Uh, Lisa thinks that um, lives are being destroyed, that we should move away from all of this lockdown issue, and she also won't be taking the uh, COVID-19 vaccination when it's available. Text 0868104106 on that and lots more besides. Another few minutes now we'll be picking. Uh, I'll leave it up to you, Mark, if you want. There's a big, huge file of people here who sent in their screen grabs of their walk your way out of lockdown with Tesco. 100 euro voucher, our first. We have a thousand euro worth of vouchers worth of vouchers to give away so well, we'll give away the first one pick one of those in the next five or ten minutes a hundred euro voucher and as you're walking today make sure you're tracking yourself with your fitbit or tracking yourself with your mobile phone take a screen grab thanks a lot pal take a screen grab then of um, your distance and whatsapp the photograph to me 086-8104-106 100 euro vouchers in association with Tesco for those of you that are walking and can I just say it again it is not to do with who walks the longest or the furthest that's not what this is about it's just an encouragement and then just a random draw just before quitting time right back to the phone lines Noel good morning good morning do you send do you send Christmas cards I I haven't no but I would hand them to friends friends of mine you know I used to give them just by hand with the present, maybe a little gift, you know. And But now I'm down in West Cork and I'm up in the mountains. So um, now this year I thought it's, an, it's a good year for somebody for to go back to the old ways. That's the thing I was saying, yeah. Card. It's yeah. personal and it's nice to come through the post. Because all, all, all I get in the post, by and large, is grief. It's usually bills or well, yeah, something, bills, that, I don't, exactly, something exactly. I don't want. But, but it would be nice to get... Christmas it would card be lovely. On I, I mean, I even thought of writing letters through this lockdown because I'm up here and I don't see many people. I don't see anybody really. Sounds you know, to me like as if you're very out. remote, are you? I am, I am. I'm up in the Caha Mountains, you know, down up in the Caha Pass. I live up there and on my own with my dog. And um, I don't see too many people, really. For the last year now, year and a half, we'll say, I have been kind of on lockdown, really, up here. 
even before the lockdown, if you know what I mean, you know, I decided to move here permanently and... Um, did you move from an urban area to where you are now? I, I did. I, I moved from Middleton, <laughs> which is a bit, uh, you know, um, it's different. I'm five five minutes walk from Middleton. I was living there. Ah, that's a big bustling there. town. And and tell me, are your next neighbours a long way off kind of thing where you are in the Cow Mountains? No, 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 no. No, there's a couple of neighbours. They're quite close, actually. They're quite close. Yeah. But you have, I do you have, have electricity, neighbors. running water and a phone signal. Oh, God. Oh God, I do. I've Wi-Fi in the house. I've Wi-Fi in the house. Now I couldn't be up here without that. I couldn't really. Uh, um, yeah, yeah. Yes, but and I've running water. <laughs> so if you God. needed to go shopping, you need to get in the car and drive to where would you be going? Need, Skib or something? I have to go to Ken, uh, no Kenmare. I go to Kenmare. Yeah, so that would be the closest place to me. Now I then Gareth the village. All right, that's there. But if I don't go shopping, maybe for every. I might go shopping every two or every three weeks. You have to plan it, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 You can't forget something, like... No, 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 I make a list so that, you know, you can't be affording to be going, tripping off at a half, well, 25-minute drive, you know, And do you ever get snowed in or weather-bound or anything like that? No, I've never been snowed in here, no, no. Not yet, anyway. (laughs) Time will, you know, I mean, I haven't, no, no. But, I mean, if if they do, they don't get snow very often here anyway, you know. But do you... do you enjoy it? Like, I mean, is it a nice life for, life for you? Well, I do. It was, it, it's been a tough year now, I have to say, for everybody, but it's been a tough, I had other stuff that wasn't very nice happening in my life, so it's been an extremely tough year for me, but in saying that, I, I do write, and I write music, and I, I write poetry, and that really, I, I did an awful lot of writing through this, the first lockdown especially, you know? You found it quite creative then? Yeah, I am. Well, I'm a musician, and like, but it was it it, it did kick me back into writing mu- songs again, which I haven't done for a couple of years, you know, for lots of reasons. But um, so no, it is. There's lovely things when you go for a walk. Here, I was going to ask you that. What's nature it's, like? It's beautiful. Pheasants you know, and foxes and rabbits and whatever. There's deer. There's herds of deer. There's you see, uh, you know, a hare. I've seen an old hare walking along. A road, the road here, and I'm sure he must be ancient because he's kind of strolling along, and it's like, am I, am I really seeing this? I wish I could have got it on them, on on, fo- on my phone, my camera, you know, but I didn't, unfortunately. But you know, deer, uh, uh, squirrels. I saw squirrels up around the trees one day. I was just sitting down in the sun, and of course, it's so quiet, and they see so squirrels, yeah. and they, they, you know, running around from tree to tree to tree, you know. You know, red squirrels actually, not not the grey ones. Lovely, lovely, and, lovely. And um, you know, it just that kind of lifts your heart. You know, so it makes it. You know, this is why I'm here. You know. You know, I just yeah. had a great idea because I have. Um, uh, I don't know. There might be a dozen cards here that were sent to, to me by Inspire.ie. They're down in Skibbereen, but I can't send them up because they say greetings from West Cork. So that would be stupid. Uh, but why yeah. not? Why don't I post them to you and you can send them out? I'd be delighted. That's why I text you, you know, because of what you said about the cars. Okay, well, I'm going to get your address. So it's like Noel Care of the Caja Mountains, is it? <laughs> well, it's uh, Care of the Caja Mountains. I have uh, actually sent my address actually on to you All right, in well, my text. I'll get the lads to package this and send this bunch of cards out to you and you can, um, you can send me one back then as a Christmas card. <laughs> 
I will, I will, absolutely, Neil. I listen to you every morning, actually. You're part of my daily routine here. Thank you, you know, so much. Nice, well, there's you know. a whole bunch of Christmas cards on the way to you, and enjoy them and send them to your loved ones, all right? I will. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Got you got it. You got it. Okay, take care of yourself. Back on hold there for a postal address, and away we go. Gillian, good morning. Hi, how are you, Neil? Okay, we were talking about um, eight people this morning in Glanton Church, in a huge church, yeah. massive church, minding their own yeah. business at Mass. Your thoughts? I'm disgusted at that lady, actually, Neil, because, to be honest, I was in the supermarket my, this morning when I dropped the kids off and there was more in Aldi's than there was going to Mass, you know? I know. Um, yeah, you, some of the aisles like, can be quite you know, They were busy. Now, to be, yeah. honest, now yeah. to be honest, I just think it's part of our culture and, I mean, it's been taken away from us, to be quite honest, at the moment, you know, and also Munch is a very important munch for, you know, for our culture. Yeah, but where do you draw the line? It's fine if there's eight on a Tuesday morning, but what if there's 150 on a Saturday night? But there was a booking system in place, Neil, because my own grandmother lives down towards West Cork, actually. And during the last lockdown when it was lifted, they had to book mass. There was 50 people allowed and there was social distancing. There was no harm in it at all. You know, everything was well done. You know, and it was a booking system. If it was full after 50... That's it, you know? Yeah, yeah. You find and it horrendous. Are we the only I, country I in Europe without mass? Are We're you? the only country in Europe. Taiwan and Korea are the only other two countries that don't have mass so for the time. So for those that are religious and those that are getting on a bit in age, with yeah. all due respect now, to Neil, them, I'm all souls is important. I'm not a very religious person at all myself. Like, I'm, obviously I'm a Catholic, but like I'm more concerned about my grandparents and like for their mental health, this was keeping them going on a, you know, on a daily basis. And I just think they're quite people and they live for Mass. I mean, my grandmother, when she got back to Mass, to be honest, it really, like, it was highly for her day, you know? You see, the problem now is me talking about 10 o'clock Mass in Glanton Church means that there'll be a lot more people wanting to go there tomorrow. Is that a good thing? I think it is because right. it's our religion and it's our culture. Okay, all right, thank you for and that. I feel, and Neil, sorry, no, I have another couple of points as well I'd like to make. I'll if you have time. Yeah, go ahead. Um, okay, um, there was also a lady on about hairdressers and barbershops earlier on. And that was primarily was yesterday's programme to do with the, the academy yeah. and the classes that were asking yeah. the public in. Um, yeah. I would like to put a little point on that one, if you don't mind. Um, I'm just, um, on, my, on my own behalf, my husband has a barbershop and he's closed at this present time. And like it, like to be honest, I don't feel the hairdressers and barbershops should be closed because there has been no cases in hairdressers and barbershops. Not essential, though. You see, no. unfortunately, I not know, essential. But I mean, like, and there's like there's going. And how to do you know that there now. wasn't a case in a barbershop? Or a, because you don't there know. hasn't been anything said about it. It's been in meat factories, and they're still working away all the time. You know, they're essential. Though, aren't they? They're they're essential, aren't they? People want to have. Uh, Hair, I find Eat. personally hairdressers are essential because of people's mental health. They come in to, to basically see people and have a chat and it's part and everything is above board. You know? I know. I just, I know. I just think it's horrendous. And like being honest, we're a family of six, Neil. And like my husband is on a PUP payment and he's expected, we're expected to pay a mortgage out of that. We're expected to pay bills for work out of that. I mean, like, to be honest, it's horrendous what the government are doing to society. Do you know? We can't keep going into lockdowns, you know. Yeah, until until we get a vaccine, right? I know, but Neil, like, this is a rush through vaccine as well. Like, I mean, I all my no, no, that's not. No, you see, that's the problem. Like, you can't be frightening people. It's not. It's had. It's it been is. Extensively Neil, a normal tested. vaccine takes years to come into place. 
I mean, I've had all my vaccines, and so have my kids. We're not anti-vax. How many people did I, they test it on? Not that many, as far as I know. Do you know? I, I mean, there was a, they were on about it. I watched prime time. I can't remember the figures, but there wasn't an awful amount. There was 40,000, 50,000, wasn't there? Yeah, but I mean, you can't, like, it's going to take time before you see the effects, Neil. I mean, look at the swine flu. Like, I know this is going to be the next big talking point. I guarantee in the new year, the big talking point will be the safety of the vaccine. It will, because, Neil, I won't be putting a vaccine into my body or my kids, because if they have effects after, I can't be responsible for that. All right, okay. I mean, okay. can you um, tell me, Neil, as well, like, will the pharmaceutical companies, will they take the responsibility if there's any side effects afterwards? They won't, do you know? But they don't take the responsibility. They put all the warnings on the bottle and the side of the box and everything. Yeah, but I, look, I think personally it should be a choice. If people want to get the vaccine, get the vaccine. But for those who are not willing to, you know, to get a vaccine that is not proven to be effective. But it's not yet, going to be a mandatory vaccine. They're not going to... F- for sure, Neil, how do you know that? Like, they're saying one thing one minute, sure, our government and what they're doing. Like, every day there's something new. Do you know, it's complete dictatorship what's happening. But people aren't going to be strapped down in a chair and, and, and injected. Neil, have you seen what's happening in Liverpool? Have you seen the mass testing that's going on over there? They're dragging kids out of school in the army, in the schools in Liverpool at this moment in time. And they've been taking kids out, mass testing them without parental consent. That now I would have to fact check. Yeah, I, I mean, it was last night about Liverpool doing mass testing with the kids and they're doing the, the nasal flu job. And literally, if they're literally just vaccinating your kids without your permission. I'll check on that. I'll check on that. And we can pick up on yeah. it in the morning. Uh, happy thanks with that, Gillian. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah, Keep those calls coming. Text 0868104106. A little bit of housekeeping. I hope you can help me. I took the 205 bus from Kent Station on Friday, half past six. The 205, Kent Station, half past six. I was the only person on the bus. I got off at Washington Street stop only to realize I left my wallet on the seat. I had a large sum of cash in it with all my personal cards. I also had money in it, big amount of money, because I needed to lodge my rent that day as well. So a substantial amount of dosh. I got a taxi and I tried to track down the bus, but I had no luck. So I waited at the bus stop near Fitzgerald's Park until the bus came back from CIT. Got on the bus. There was no sign of my wallet. I'm so upset. I've been struggling to pay my rent since COVID because I live alone. I was really hoping someone would hand in the wallet. I'd be so grateful if you could follow up on this to me. Surely there are cameras on the bus. It was a double-decker bus. I hope to hear from you. Big fan of the show. The 205 from Kent Station on Friday at half past six. I'm assuming that you went back to um, Capwell, um, Parnell Place, Kent Station and checked with them because maybe the bus driver, somebody gave it to the bus Maybe you had the conversation with the bus driver when you caught up with the bus at Fitzgerald's Park. I don't know. Maybe you've done all of that. Let's assume that you have. Did anybody find that? This is a real life situation, lads, with someone who's been struggling since the start of COVID, even just to pay their rent, never mind everything else they need. And the last thing that they want is that uh, all of their cash for rent and survival and also all their credit and debit cards are gone. So if you came across it, would you ever get in touch with me? It's still not too late. Text 0868104106. Perhaps you have it and you don't know who to give it back to. This may ring a bell with you and off you go on that one. Back after the break. Call the Neil Prenderville Show now. 1850 Red FM. Time to go, said Zebedee. Before I do, you might be able to help. My sister lives in New York for the last 20 years. Usually comes home with her husband and four children to see the family once a year, either during the summer or Christmas. Can't this year. We're looking forward to sending some Irish comfort foods over to her. Could you ask your listener, as the wife would say, could you ask your listener if they know any companies delivering sausages and rashers to America? 
We found hampers and things like tea bags and chocolates in a dry goods, but they're really looking for the traditional Irish breakfast. Thank you for taking the time to read this. Fingers crossed we'll get to keep the Irish Americans happy, says Sinead Clark. I doubt it. I think years ago you could, but I think they tightened all of those. I could be wrong now, but I think it's always like kind of sweets and tea bags and chocolates and dry goods that you can send. But actual meat... Don't know if that can happen anymore. I'm open to correction. So let me ask the question again. I know the hampers that we send overseas every Christmas, they don't have meat in them. But does anybody know, are there any companies delivering sausages and rashers and black and white pudding and stuff like that to America and Australia and places like that? Come back to me, lads. Text 0868104106. Email neil at redfm.ie. Now, walk your way uh, out of COVID. All right. So we have 100 euro Tesco gift cards every day to give away. It has nothing to do with who walks the furthest. Right. Just send me the screen grabs of your walk. Um, and then we pick random winners every day with a 100 euro test card, Tesco card every single day. So randomly this morning out came Linda's screen grab. Good morning. Good morning. And just for the record, um, not bad for an old one, as you say yourself, 12,669 steps. Do you walk every day? Every day, Neil. Yeah, it's my therapy. Where do you go? Is it a different track or the same place or what? Well, my usual walk would be the Passage West line. Love There's it. There's a few of the stair walker dogs. We could go as far as Black Rock or down the Monktown direction. And there's a few exercise pieces of exercise equipment on the way as well for a stretch, isn't there? Uh, there is, absolutely. No, I wouldn't be bothered with them. <laughs> I got that impression. You walk past them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We ignore those. So you're, do you walk with your buddies? Um, well, these days now, since COVID, no, we've kind of, um, we're walking independently. All right. Okay. So you walk every day, seven days a week. You're well yep. known, apparently, down there. Yeah, I suppose I'd be known, all right. <laughs> all right. Well, well done. You sent me a screen grab of your achievement yesterday, and I have a 100 euro Tesco gift card to send to you. Uh, go and spend it on whatever you choose. And remember, uh, Tesco Douglas Village Shopping Centre opens on Thursday. Happy days. All right, Linda? Thank you so much. You're more than welcome. And we'll do another one tomorrow, guys. So send me the screen grabs of your walk. And then we do random uh, draws just about 10 minutes to midday with another 100 euro Tesco gift card in the morning. So take the screen grab and WhatsApp it to me. WhatsApp the photograph to 086 8104 Right now, I'm going to love you and leave you. Our lines will stay open at 1850 104 106. We'll pick up business again tomorrow morning. Mind yourself, there's a bit of a wind coming. Have a good day. I'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to this Red FM podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and check out redextra.ie for more great Red FM content.